Hey, Rocky, make sure that glass is full, you bum. Welcome to Wasted Potential Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this week we have a special episode, a four-way grudge match, a battle of endurance, ferocity, and wits. None of these attributes are visible in any of these podcasters. Ah. First, in the ah. God damn it, Shane, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> First, in the bright pink trunks, standing at a daunting seven foot and one inches, weighing 134 pounds, wet. Current record of 65 podcasts produced, edited, and distributed all on his own with no support whatsoever. The lean, pristine, green bean podcasting machine, Ronnie does everything for this podcast, Valentine. I do it all. Fuck all of you. No, fuck all of you. You do nothing around here. Bring out the ferrets. All of this podcast success is attributed to Ronnie. <laughs> Those five listeners are because of Ronnie alone. Yay. And now for the main event. 15 rounds for Scrawny Wake Champion of the World with the Red Mega Trunks podcasting out of the People's Republic of California. Standing at the national average for white males. <laughs> of 5'8 inches and weighing in at an American... <laughs> and weighing in at the American Heart Association recommended 160 pounds and a record of 69 and 0 all by disappointing decision. The average of Joe's, the king of self-esteem, Lightning lover and the cancel cancer. Simple Shane Cosmopolis. Yeah, I'm a champ. Got you. Later. Me. Yeah. Okay. That was it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing cocaine and watching Rocky Four. You're all fucked. <laughs> kind of fizzled out on that one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Need some more tiger blood over there. Yeah. <laughs> Introducing the man of the hour, the greatest podcast host and guest of all time, fighting out of the bushes and barrows of Cincinnati, Ohio, weighing at 5.4 pounds. <laughs> weighing at 5.4 pounds with a height of 45 centimeters. <laughs> Wearing the white trunks of the picture of a ferret at his genitals. The Joker of the Animal Kingdom, the Hob of the Hoboist, the Jillist of the Jill, the Mustella Pretorius of the World, <laughs> the Undisputed Furry Wake Champion of the World, Dan the Hobo Buckus. Yeah, do it. <laughs> it's a uh, Hobbist running, not Hoboist. Thank you. Oh, hobbist. hobbist. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was a hobbit or a hoboist. Uh, nah, Hugging his hobbs. newest book. <laughs> <laughs> the ferret fight for your lives. Okay. A three-time guest of the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, last but not least, coming in at five feet nine inches with a record of two counts of indecent exposure and one count of animal cruelty to a ferret. He's the undisputed <laughs> masturbation champion of the world. 
He's wearing the black trunks with the gold Star Wars fonted Han shot first. He's grinding axes behind on his taxes. He's Corey Thundernips Rodriguez. <laughs> to all my love slaves out there, Thundernips is here in the flesh, baby. This is a cross-discipline fight, I see. <laughs> I'm not sure it would be funny if Ronnie wrote that or Corey wrote that. <laughs> Y'all never know. That was good. I ain't seen no thunder out of his nips. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done t- doing this bullshit accent. Hey, welcome uh-huh. to Wasted Potential Podcast. We have a super long podcast going on. We haven't figured it out yet. We have the four most successful podcasters in the underground scene here and we're going to be discussing the rocky franchise i thought we were watching eight mile (laughs) i watched get rich and die trying (laughs) after popular demand for rocky after our halloween podcast yeah Yeah. so i guess behind the scenes uh cory and i were kind of texting and he was just saying uh i'll talk for him because you know we don't, we don't need his opinions, but he was saying how wonderful our podcasts were for James Bond and Halloween. So he, so we started collaborating. We went back and forth on some ideas, and we came down to the Rocky franchise. I'll tell you guys what really happened, okay? <laughs> Here's That's the all truth. fake news. Ronnie messaged me and said, we're dying here. This whole thing is not working. <laughs> These guys are killing me. We're not getting any plays. I need someone to help me. Please, I'll pay you. And I said, yes, I came out of retirement. I had one last podcast and this is it. So you're welcome. <laughs> Until... Wait, no, we're paying him in check. <laughs> no, I would, wa- I would wait to cash that. <laughs> I wait for a very long time. Yeah. Okay. So how it's going to break down is this. There's four of us. There's eight Rocky and Creed franchise films. Um, Besides one of us, we kind of randomly throw them out there. We had one request, which we'll get to in a second there. But we're each going to kind of give a synopsis of one of the Rocky films. We'll talk shit, make some jokes, argue, because I think we have very differing opinions about what good film is. But regardless, <clears throat> it's going to be fun because the Rocky franchise is pretty diverse. Not of the the content of who he, he uh, punches in the face, but diverse of tones. <laughs> <laughs> there is a theme. There is a yes. theme throughout common thread uh there we have eight films this whole franchise starting with rocky one and then we end of creed two um a lot less long as the halloween franchise and i think this is this is, this is probably a lot less shittier <laughs> i don't necessarily agree with that statement oh no that's gonna be a debate okay but you i love movies. three and four <laughs> Thank you. For Halloween that. three and four. <laughs> any any film franchise that makes it to three and four. I'm a fan of. <laughs> okay, Tokyo Drift and The Fast and Furious. No, technically are three and four. Oh, those are my favorite ones. Jurassic <laughs> <laughs> Park three and Jurassic World. All right, you've gone too far. Yeah, yes. well, I, I was gonna say um, uh, Batman Forever it's and Lost Batman World Robin. or nothing. Jaws. <laughs> Jaws 3 and 4, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> now we're back. Okay, let's do this. Dan, the ferret king, the hoboist of the hobbyist. Bring us in. Tell us about... <laughs> the hobby hobo. The, 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 the hobby horse hobo. Tell us about 1976 Rocky, Dan. Well, gentlemen, <clears throat> it all starts 1975. 
Some would say in the prime of Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, George Foreman, and many others. We are introduced to a white man at the age of 30 years old who lives in one of not the dirtiest, trashiest cities in the U.S., Philadelphia. An amateur <laughs> boxer Philly, named... Sorry, okay, sorry. Shane, you already blew it. You already I blew it. I said not to do that. I said I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> uh, an amateur boxer named Rocky Balboa, played by Sylvester Stallone. He can't dance and he can't sing. That's why he wants to get hit in the head and body aggressively for living. He's poor, living in the deep streets of Philadelphia with his two turtles, Cuff and Link, and his stupid little fish. <laughs> While boxing during the night, he works for a loan shark as a collector during the day. We learned Rocky had a locker at Mickey Goldmills, played by Burgess Meredith, mm-hmm. at his gym. But Mickey lost in- interest in him for the past eight years because Rocky has done nothing in, in his boxing career besides box and a piece of crap Catholic church. We also learned that Rocky is romantically interested in a girl who is shy, struggles with direct eye contact, and barely speaks, <laughs> and works at a pet shop named Adrian, or Adriana, played by Italia Shire. She's also the brother of, I guess, Rocky's best friend, Polly, played by Burt Young. They eventually become a couple awkwardly during Thanksgiving after Polly throws a turkey away that she made in the, in the snow. <laughs> Coincidentally, the current heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed, played by Carl Weathers, is about to fight again, but his opponent suffers an injury to an unab- so he's unable to fight. He then has this brilliant idea of instead fighting a local, instead fighting a local amateur, and ends up picking Rocky on New Year's Day to fight. Thinking this would be a great publicity stunt, and then drop him in the third round, Apollo books the fight to fight Rocky. Rocky is flabbergasted, obviously. And probably can't comprehend what's going on. But anyways, as one would be, he eventually agrees to the fight. And after much debate, has Mickey to be his trainer. And even though Mickey has never been there for him at the gym, training him. Rocky trains, runs, as a montage, as popular or whatever. There's stupid running up the Philadelphia or library moment, punching meat, etc. Adriana comes out of her shell and finally speaks. Paulie is a drunk. He's amazing. <laughs> Apollo doesn't take the fight seriously, and then we come to the fight, New Year's Day. Uh, round one, Rocky knocks Apollo down. Oh my gosh, what a shocker. Then Apollo realizes Rocky's taking it serious. They go head to toe for about five and a half minutes, hitting each other senseless. Uh, the ref should have stopped the fight so many times, but hey, but Hollywood paid him off, so they had to keep going. But Apollo ends up winning based on a split decision, and Rocky yells for Adrian in the middle of the ring while she's far away and somehow hears him, I guess because, you know, special powers, you know, for them. And they hug, and the first one is over. The end. Rocky won. Well done. Well done. Rocky won, man. Great movie. The Oscar goes to (laughs) Hobo Dan for his reading of Rocky. Okay. I got I got to commend you, Hobo Dan, for not covering Rocky pulling the dentist system on Adrian. Yeah, <laughs> that's my first note. That is oh my gosh. So that is one of my notable items. Um, one of the creepiest love stories. If you just read that script in a, in a trial or in court, he is guilty. Oh, he's getting locked up. So, yeah. A jury of his peers will not let him slide on that one. That would oh, that was an insane scene. And she just like doesn't look at him, and she just and takes off her glasses, or he makes makes her take off the glasses and like her hat. Watch take him off. Watch of take him off. You know, you know what I mean? Just come sit here. You know what I mean? Come on. You scared? Come on. It's my turtles. Well, she can't try to walk away because yeah. of the implication. 
The whole purpose of buying the boat in the first place was to get the ladies nice and tipsy topside so we can take them to a nice, comfortable place below deck and, you know, they can't refuse because of the implication. Oh, uh, okay. You had me go in there for the first part. The second half kind of threw me. Well, dude, dude, th- think about it. She's out in the middle of nowhere with some dude she barely knows. You know, she looks around her. What does she see? Nothing but open ocean. Ah, there's nowhere for me to run. What am I going to do? Say no? Come on over and make yourself comfortable. Relax. Do you have a phone? No, I ain't got no phone. I had to pull, you know, because people calling all the time. And uh, who needs the aggravation, right? Who'd you want to call? I want to let my brother know where I am. Why? What's the problem? You don't like me? You don't like the turtles? What's the problem? I don't think I belong here. It's okay. I don't know you well enough. I've never been in a man's apartment alone. I'm not sure I know you well enough. I don't feel comfortable. But your age, you know, I ain't so comfortable either. I should go. Don't go, please. Don't, don't go. Don't go. Don't go. Take off these glasses. I always knew you was pretty. Okay, that, <laughs> that seems really dark. Um, since, since we dove right into this scene here, I wrote down it's like an episode of Dahmer. There's like no phone, the locked door. There's that come on in, and like, and, and like that creepy like music is playing. So like I think at the time I was watching Dahmer, because I watched Rocky like a long time ago for this. So I was, I was getting like those creepy uh, Dahmer vibes. <laughs> Yeah, everyone on set was just like, "Is this this is what we're going with? This is the love story." (laughs) Dahmer should have been playing that scene for people instead of Star Wars, (laughs) right? (laughs) I like the Emperor. (laughs) Yeah. So has so I guess context has everyone seen this film? I'm assuming at least once. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Okay. I've seen it twice in my life. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think. It won, obviously won Best Picture and won Best Editing, which I do agree with the editing. The Best Picture, I'm not sure I agree with. Um, well, what was it up against? If you're going to look yeah. at what won Best Picture, you have to see what should have won. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let me look right now. Yeah, I, I had it. It would be 77 the following I, year. I feel like yeah. this movie more of oh, won Best right Picture here. because of the story okay. behind it. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's America, you know, thing like. But also well, the story Stallone like uh, struggle to get it made. Yeah, it's a passion. It was a, the whole passion project. It was okay. Here's the lineup. It was Rocky, All the President's Men, Bound for Glory, Network, and Taxi Driver. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Taxi Driver, huh? Mm. Yeah. So is like Network too. Network's a fucking great movie, and so is All the President's Men. It's 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 not better than those two, but those are those are all yeah. good movies. I've never but, seen Bound for yeah, Glory though. But yeah, like I said, I do agree with the editing. I think the fighting during the editing is really good. And I think there's some really good shots. The lighting pisses me off in this in this movie. Um, because all it is is just a big ass light as you can see when they're doing like walking scenes um from far away. But like you know, a it's, spotlight it's, on him. Yeah. Oh, it's like a huge spotlight. But it is what it is for the budget for this film, but I wonder if that's like a joke because in I think in Creed two or Creed one I can't remember one of the Creed movies he keeps talking oh no it's Rocky Balboa he keeps talking about like the light being out oh yeah yeah it's because he can't afford the electricity yeah and he and he, and he twists the bulb in and, she, and he's like oh there's light <laughs> how many Pollocks does it take to screw in a light bulb <laughs> um, I also don't think I don't think Sylvester Stallone's acting until he has like those monologue, monologues by himself I think he just do, being himself when he's like talking to other people because he just says the same thing two or three times 
I can't tell if he's acting or if that's Stallone. I guess that, that that's a great starting off point is like, what do you think? Like, uh, Corey, what do you think of uh, Stallone's performance in the first Rocky? Because I think it develops as it goes along. But what do you think in the first Rocky? Rocky slightly changes as a character as he does like an actual person would. But not to any like great degree, in my opinion. I think he's always that same guy underneath, which is really great about the progression. But in terms of his performance in every movie, I think he absolutely nails it. I think he's really fantastic as this guy. Oh. There's something just so likable and humble and goofy about him. He's such mm-hmm. he seems like such a, like a good person underneath Innocent. everything. Yeah. Even though he's working for this like loan shark guy, right? Yeah. He has like mob yeah. associations, and even despite that, you gotta like this guy. Yeah, he just wants to, he wants to come home, play with his turtles, and feed him. That's all he wants to do at the end of the day. He's just a simple man with his turtles. <laughs> yeah, every mod, like every like emotional like monologue thing he does, he nails it though. He's perfect. I think he get. I think Stallone gets better over time. I I think mm-hmm. that monologue when he does with um with Mickey is a, a little kind of cringy at some points, but. It feels authentic, though. I need your help about 10 years ago, right? 10 years ago? You never helped me, no. You didn't care. Well, if you wanted help, I say, if you wanted help, why didn't you ask? Why didn't you just ask me, kid? Look, I asked, but you never heard nothing. It took you long enough to get here. 10 years ago, come to my house. Huh? What's the matter? You don't like my house? My house stink? That's right, it stinks! I ain't had no favors from you. Don't crawl around me. Talk about your prime. What about my pride, Mick? At least you had a pride. I ain't had no pride. I ain't had nothing. Legs are going, everything is going. No one's getting no nothing. Guy comes up, offers me a fight. Big deal. Want to fight the fight? Yeah, I'll fight the big fight. And you want me ringside and see? Do you? You want to help me out? Yeah, I'll fight him. My face kicked in. And you come around here, you want to move in here with me? Come on in. It's a nice house. Real nice. Come on in and move. It stinks. This whole place stinks. I just don't think Stallone's like the best actor, but it, he feels like he's just channeling that like legitimate like emotion. Because Shane was kind of talking about this, like this is a, this is what like saves Sylvester Stallone's life is getting this script bought and made. This is like his last like chance to make it, or like his, he thought his last chance to make it in Hollywood. So it's a passion project. Well, what and mean? like, uh, didn't originally he had to like buy it back because they weren't going to cast him as Rocky, and like um... he had to fight to get himself cast as it. So he had to like buy the script back or something, or am I making this up? Am Either you're making up? it up or Stallone made it up. That's, no. <laughs> That's a good There's point. There's some dispute about that okay. because that is kind of the, the narrative that was pushed out there. But there have been some people close to Stallone that have questioned it, and I don't remember exactly what that is. So hmm. it's close enough, right? Like his story, yeah. which is really like heartwarming the way he puts it, like how he got into Rocky and his life kind of paralleling the underdog nature of Rocky Balboa. I think there is probably some truth to it and maybe a little bit of a fabrication to kind of make it seem more grand than it was. Kind of create the lore of Rocky. Yeah, you got to kind of set that up. And, you know, he's a big time Hollywood guy. So, of course, he would kind of retell that story in that way. Yeah, and after Rocky, he gets a hold of steroids and really takes Rocky to the max, which is amazing. (laughs) Goddamn. His physique in this first movie is is very, 
unique about the first movie too, right? Mm-hmm. Even when he's mm-hmm. old, he is fucking gigantic. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> he's all just like like chest lats. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Huge right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got a couple more things to say on it. Uh, yeah. Most importantly, I think Paul is a top ten drunk. Uh, the, scene, <laughs> the scene when he when on Christmas when he's walking in trying to take take out the trash can or put the trash can in and he smashes the bat and that's a, that's an awesome scene. I'm like, give him the Oscar instead. That was perfect. Bert <laughs> Young. Um, the this one just this, this is a hot topic. Um, the Adrian and uh, Rocky relationship. People, some say, not me. Uh, it's an autistic relationship together, but it is what it is. <laughs> there, there's they, like a whole thing. There's a whole thing on the internet about like they're both autistic, and that's why they connect so well together. Oh, were you serious? Yeah, no, yeah. There's a thing on. Yeah, there's an actual thing about that. Yeah. Oh shit! I don't know hey, that. The Rocky and Adrian dynamic is something that is present in most of these movies, and it's it's kind of like a key. Thing mm-hmm. that exists in the Rocky franchise. It's very important to all of the stories, mm-hmm. even even to the ones she's not in, really. But yeah. Rocky describes the relationship, I think it's in the first movie, perfectly. He mm-hmm. says she fills gaps. Mm-hmm. And I think oh, that's yeah, a really we, good we, way yeah, to we, put it. Yeah, I, so he's like, I have gaps, she has gaps, we fill each other's gaps. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah Rocky Gapper! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, though, Corey, exactly. They do. Women weaken legs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I always found their relationship kind of the weakest part because it's so cringy and it never gets better. They always seem like strangers that are agreeing to be with each other. I, I just love, I watched Rocky 1 and 5, and then 5, she's like a 180 difference. It's so funny to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she changes a lot throughout the movies. I think Rocky yeah. kind of helps her come into her own as a person, especially yeah. getting away from... What if we're gonna be frank is like an abusive brother yes. in Polly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's kind of never regrets. <laughs> Which is bullshit because Polly gets rewarded with a fuckbot for being an asshole. <laughs> Don't he jump ruins everything on the version of Rocky Four you watch. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, uh, uh, put it in my notes. We should talk about that. That's a good one. Uh, I've got one more thing. My uh, fiance said I had the best quote in the entire thing. That she's watching the first half with me, and she's like. It's one scene where Rocky's just walking at the dark, bouncing his little ball, talking to himself. And she's like, is he going to start singing soon? (laughs) Shane, what would it be like? That would be incredible. (laughs) Shane, you got to recreate this. You're you're Rocky, you're bouncing a ball. I live with you a thousand times. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Is it Adrian you're looking for? (laughs) And they call him Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) That's everything I ever dreamed of. Shane, you have underrated impressions on this podcast. But you know what? I want to take us aside for a quick second. No one ever does an impression of Shane. So I want to kind of bring that (laughs) to wasted potential. Shane, you do great celebrity voices. You do them every episode. I think they're really good. Ronnie doesn't appreciate him. <laughs> no one does. It's a trap. <laughs> but here's my impression of Shane. Oh boy. Ah! 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 And that's the edited version. Yeah. <laughs> And the, and the funniest thing about that, Corey, if you meet him in real life, that's that's, that's all he does. That's all he does. <laughs> that's all he does. 
Oh, that's perfect. That's wonderful. Oh, goddamn intervention. This is the only reason why Corey wanted to be here. <laughs> to I'm saving that one up. He's like, I didn't watch any other of the Rockies. I'm out. <laughs> Rocky who? Oh, my God. Hey, Shane, uh, anything to add about the first Rocky? No, I'm pretty hurt. <laughs> that's wonderful. Nah, Rocky, it's a good movie. Um, it sets the tone for, I think, the growth of Rocky. <laughs> but it's the best of them. But uh, it gets it gets awesome. Of the eight or the ro- actual Rockies, like Rocky through Bo- Rocky through Balboa. I didn't know there was eight. I never actually counted them. If I've always <laughs> felt there was four and then Creed, but I forgot there's like middle movies. There's so many. <laughs> four. You yeah. Fuck five. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> Ronnie, oh. I think one of the one of the really good things that this movie does is. It doesn't let Rocky win, mm-hmm. right? Mm, true. Right? He wins his battle of like just what he describes as going the distance with the heavyweight champion of the world, right? He goes toe-to-toe. Mm-hmm. As far as we're concerned, the audience, he doesn't lose, but he doesn't win the actual match, right? He he goes all the way. You know, he, he mm-hmm. pushes himself as far as he can, and that's really what it's all about to him. Yeah. And uh, and, and it, especially at the end, like they're reading their verdict, and he's just yelling for Adrian. He doesn't care. He just wants like uh, uh, his his love while Polly's trying to get into and his thing, get more money. But like all he cares about is Adrian and just showing that he's not a uh, he's not an amateur. Or I guess he's he is. But, you're not yeah. a bum. He's not, you're not a bum. Yeah. You're a bum. <laughs> no, I think Corey, because Shane and I were talking about this before you guys hopped on, was like that theme that like kind of motif of rocky is kind of lost for a few movies but i think in my opinion the better rockies go back to that theme of it's not about the victory it's about like that journey it's about mm-hmm. proving yourself and the proving yourself it doesn't have to be yeah. the champion it proves that you have to like you're you're getting past your own personal demons which i think is like the best part of these this franchise is when that is like the focus is not necessarily him being the heavyweight champion of the world yeah also, I didn't know there was a fifth Rocky. I prepared for this, and I did not know that Rocky V existed. I always thought it was a joke. Oh, my God. It's real. I, it, <laughs> is a joke. it is the only one I've never seen and up until, like, last night. I had, was had to watch it, obviously. I'm like, I, I'm like oh, okay. Did, well, totally different movie. I always yeah. wondered what happened to his money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Let's not jump ahead, because Dan's going to need things to talk about, because Rocky yeah, V is okay. a fucking slog. But, um... I have a quick question before we go into Rocky 2, and uh, I'll start with um, – we're going to for Dan for a little bit. So, Dan, here's a question for you, and then we'll go to Corey and Shane. What's your experience with the Rocky franchise? Uh, beforehand, I've, I, like I said, I've seen all of them, at least at some point besides five. Um, I saw Creed 1 and 2, both in uh, theaters, I believe. Um, and I was surprised by Creed, but – I always liked the franchise. I just I just love the underdog. Um, I'm a sucker for underdog movies, and I, I love boxing too, and I follow it. So um, I've always I've always enjoyed these films. Four always makes me laugh because I know what it is. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I always I always know they're dumb, but they're always a little little a nice place in my heart at the end of the day. Oh, oh you Corey, what's your experience with the Rocky franchise? I got into the Rocky movies in the 2000s. I'd say just before Rocky Balboa came out, which came out in 2006. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't grow up watching these. I remember kind of like scoffing at them in general, being like, oh, these dumb movies, they're probably all the same. Or it's a guy that gets ready for a boxing match. Then at the end, he wins the boxing match. So, you <laughs> know, I just kind of like dismiss them out of hand. But when I actually saw them and I saw how much character and heart they have, I really got into them quickly. And then just like most people that like watch them for the first time, you get completely blindsided by some of the movies because they become a totally different thing, which we'll talk about. <laughs> but, you know, I I really like them. I, again, I got into them around the time Rocky Balboa came out. And I'll say a little bit more about that when I talk about Rocky Balboa. Okay. Uh, Shane, how about you? I think I have the pretty standard red-blooded American relationship with Rocky uh, where you just watch four on repeat. You're just like, yeah. Oh, yeah, brother. And then the wall fell, and you're like, well, what do we do now? Like, <laughs> but um, Rocky I saw once I started to get more into like movies. Obviously, I'd seen Rocky three and four just because it was just pop culturisms throughout my life. And then Creed came out, and I remember liking Creed – and but I, I felt it's it's a different kind of Rocky. It's not a Rocky movie, in my opinion, but that's not to its detriment and it's not supposed to be. We can talk that about that later. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I've always just been a fan and it kind of Rocky is like all the Rockies took the wind out of like other boxing movies for me because whether they understand that they're doing it or not. They're just Rocky clones, like Cinderella Man, and uh, that's a good movie, Raging Bull. That one's a little bit different. I'll give it that, but um, a lot different. What... <laughs> yeah, a lot different. Southpaw, yeah. whatever um, the one of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, the Jake Gyllenhaal one. Oh, Southpaw. Like, yeah, yeah, they're all just kind of Rocky clones, and it's not really their fault. Rocky mm. was just so big, and so always. Yeah, I've been a fan. Yeah, you can't watch at least like one through four and not like smile afterwards yeah there's not a lot of smiling (laughs) well another another point to add they've always been on tv for me and that's how i've always kind of watched it beforehand and i think my dad might have had them on dvd or vhs at some point too so Um, and i think every year once a year they always play all them all in like in a row is it like on christmas no it's not christmas it's i was thinking fourth of july but i don't remember it's probably new year's yeah, something like that. And you can't. Well, it was the first one, New Year's Day. Yeah. You can't exist in America without, at some point, coming into contact with Rocky, whether it's the stairs, the drinking the raw eggs, or yeah. if he dies, he yeah. dies. Like, yeah. you can't get Everybody away from it. Could. Yeah, it's embedded into our pop culture for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've never seen a Rocky movie until like three years ago. Like, I've always seen snippets. And then I was going to do a podcast with someone a few years ago, and there's a sports podcast, and I hate sports. So, like, I just oh, said, really? and the, the, the premise was everyone brings what in the what they fuck? think is, everyone brings in what they think is the, <laughs> their, their favorite sports movie. I was like, I don't know. I'll, I'll see Rocky and bring it in. So I watched Rocky. I'm like, okay, Rocky's a great movie. Uh, the podcast did it go to fruition. Shout out to my homie, Eric. Thanks, Eric, for making me watch Rocky. Um, then I watched <laughs> Creed, and that's all I've seen. But I've seen like snippets, obviously like the big speeches, and then for this podcast I watched all eight Rocky movies. So I'm kind of new into the Rocky game, really. You should have chose the replacements. Oh, you mean the worst <laughs> sports movie ever made? Yeah. Oh, I would have brought some dumb shit to that podcast. I would have been like Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> oh, that is a stupid. 
fucking movie. A kid in King Arthur's court. Air Bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Mike. Do you see like, like Mike? Mike? Yes, Ooh, there that's we a go. good one. Space okay. Jam 2. <laughs> Space Jam 1. Don't tell you watch that, Corey. Oh, yeah, I watched that horrible piece of shit. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I watched God. half of it and had to turn it off. It's like someone was trying to make the worst movie of all time intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Wiseau? And let's add LeBron in it. <laughs> okay. Um, anything else to add before we go to Rocky 2? Uh, good start to the franchise. How about that? Yeah, with an Oscar. <laughs> Three Oscars. Jesus. Best film, best director, best editing, which, like you said, Dan, the editing, I think the editing is phenomenal. I know now yeah. the punches, you can see them not hit their faces, but I think it's just of its time. And then, like, its first use of, like, the steady cam, like, the, how it flows around, it's really good. My only other complaint would be the sound. I'm not sure it's my TV, but the sound on it's kind of shitty. Like, it oh. kept going up and down. And then, like, sometimes when they're punching, I'm like, did they hit or not? But it is, yeah. it's fine. That could be new I think the biggest I want flaws of, of the original Rocky movie are just the 70s um, yeah. and how they influenced <laughs> movies and like just culture in general. Like, I mean, the the Rocky and Adrian thing that we talked about, like the Dennis Reynolds moment, That's I think that's really a product of its time. Yep. Uh, yeah. Some of the style of filmmaking with the lighting that you complained about, again, mm-hmm. product of its time. Yeah, And uh, I think it's flawed for those things. Yeah. But um, still a great movie. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Rocky Two. That goes to me. 1979, directed by the one, the only Sylvester Stallone. So, this is the worst part of the Rocky franchise for me. This is what a the motif happens, and I hate this. And I think you're gonna know what I'm gonna talk about. This film starts off with a flashback of Rocky getting his Rocky getting his face punched in because the director thinks we have brain damage too. Apparently, so he has to go to the first five minutes of every Rocky film. Almost after this is a flashback of rocky getting his face beat in or winning the fight and it's so obnoxious i always i always skipped it when i was watching it um (laughs) it immediately starts after rocky rocky and apollo are healing up in the hospital apollo says he gave uh he gave him his best or he says he didn't give him his best or something like that i don't remember rocky gives a lazy marriage proposal to adrian and they have a filthy (laughs) italian wedding Ah. Rocky has has retired and burns through all of his money like he won the lottery. Rocky doesn't use uh, condominiums, so Adrian gets knocked up, obviously. Doesn't use condominiums? No, doesn't use condominiums. condominiums? (laughs) Fuse. I'm a townhouse man. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Rocky thinks because he gets punched in the face, he'd he'd be good at acting, so he does goofy local commercials. But he figures out he's illiterate and that you got to be literate <laughs> to read cue cards or at least act at some point. Um, he starts working at a meat factory uh, beating pork, but it gets laid off because of the dirty union. Uh, Polly becomes a goon and uh, becomes an even nicer character. I say that sarcastically, obviously, because he's an asshole and still becomes an asshole. <laughs> no one addresses that he's an asshole. Um, Polly's a piece of shit. He is. Yeah. I wrote down the greatest movie character of all time. Um, Rocky <laughs> goes back to the ugliest trainer ever, Mickey, and wants to fight, but because Rocky's blind, he refuses to make him uh, fight, so he makes him a mop boy, like a dirty moop he is. Uh, Creed <laughs> is a dick and wants to rematch Rocky because he wants to prove that he's a thicker penis, so he taunts Rocky and calls him a, a dirty, dirty Dago and, and calls him out yeah. on, um, on TV. 
Uh, Rocky pulls the gender card to get Adrian to let him fight. And the training begins saying, you're a wife, you stay home. I get to go fight because I'm a man. Uh, Rocky also has erectile dysfunction and can't get his hands up. And Adrian goes into premature labor because Rocky is a bum. Stallone can't cry because he's a bum. He won't see his kid because he's also a bum. Adrian wakes up due to some kind of plot magic. And they have an ugly Rocky Jr. Adrian gives him the okay to get killed by Creed because the plot says it's got to happen. So then we get our beautiful training montage. Hit the music. Rocky is a hero for all the poor Italian children who dream of beating up black kids for a career as Rocky (laughs) runs through the streets. And all all the the white children are cheering and saying, Rocky, Rocky. Uh, Rocky is late to the fight so that the child molesting priest can give him a blessing in Italian. He has to do that. It's one of those little motifs that Rocky always does, like the, the Holy Cross and mumbles something in, in Jesuit or Italian I don't, or, or Latin, some sort. I don't know. Uh, you can't really tell what he's saying because he's still alone. I had to turn on the subtitles for the, all these movies. Um, empty seats <laughs> in the stadium behind Apollo because I don't think they get it, put a lot of money into this <laughs> Rocky sequel. Um, Rocky uh, don't need no tricks and refuses to go back to Southpaw because drama. Because one of the plot points is Mickey wants him to get rid of Southpaw. Which we don't know it's being a, a left-hand dominant fighter as opposed to a right-handed one. And it gives him like a disadvantage. He talks about it in the first film, but then he goes to right hand because drama. Uh, ten minutes of fucking haymakers later, they fall down. Rocky gets up and wins. And that is Rocky too. It is, I this is my quick opinion. It's not really exciting, but what I do like about it is it's the same exact movie, but it does develop the characters more. So it's not really a fun, exciting thing like the first Rocky, but it's interesting how like Stallone, who wrote this, actually wrote you know some arc for Rocky. He's actually still an idiot. Um, he gives some people people things to do. So there is character progression. So that's the best thing I'll give this film. You didn't say, yo, Adrian, I did it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's the heavyweight champion in the world. And it's beer yeah. time. Man, a lot of hate for Rocky II from Ronnie. Yeah. Wow, okay. I'm uh, trying I, to... thought, I, I, thought, I thought Shane would be the more uh, offensive one, that one, but all right. I don't hate this movie. I just think it's boring, so that's why I was making a bunch of jokes and writing up some silly comments, because it wasn't the most exciting one to watch. It, it's, it's one of the better sequels, in my opinion, which isn't saying much, in my opinion, but... It's, it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie at all. I think the things about Rocky 1 and 2 that are great is that the first two are about a man who is a boxer. And 3 and 4 are boxing movies. So mm-hmm. I think there's a difference there in that we're following Rocky's life. Not necessarily mm-hmm. everything revolving around a boxing match, right? Or a couple of boxing matches, which is what we see more later on. Like, what does this guy do now that he's accomplished these things in his life? And it's, you know, it's self-contained as pretty much every Rocky movie is. And it's just about him kind of making his way in the next step of his life journey. And I think that's, that, that's really what engages me in the first two movies. It changes and it changes <laughs> soon, but yes, <laughs> I do enjoy that about these. I'm in the camp of, I don't care what Rocky does in his off time. I just want to see him do crunches and beat up 
the other guy. <laughs> and that's why you like Rocky Four so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a simple man when I come to Rocky. That's why Shane's going to shut up and not talk for the next two movies. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like things that are iconic. The, uh, the chicken thing is, is I- iconic. Now I show you a trick how to get some speed in them legs. Now listen, I want you to try, listen to me. I want you to try to, to chase this little chicken. What do I got to chase a chicken for? It's embarrassing, you know? First, because I said so. And second, because chicken chasing is how we always used to train in the old days. Yeah. You catch this thing, you can catch grease lightning. Ready? Yeah, well, I'd rather eat it than chase it. It ain't very mature, listen, but if you say Well, so. neither are you very mature. Now listen, get this thing. A fighter ain't a farmer. Come on, I'd... go on and get him. Get him, get him, get him. Come on, what's the matter with you? Get him. Can't you catch a little chicken? Huh? Come on, move your tail, move your tail. You look like a girl out there. What's the matter with you? You're like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. The montage is still good. The the fights, I feel like the fights in um, in two aren't as good as one, but I think because different people behind mm-hmm. the camera there, I think the, the cinematography and the editing is better in one. Mm-hmm. But like I said, my, my favorite thing is like they develop the characters more, especially like the wives, Adrian gets a little bit more to do like she gets pregnant but she has an she has a voice at least in the marriage and and like it affects rocky because like he literally can't get it up he can't get you know get hard and fight because he's the the strain between he and his wife are there and then apollo creed's wife gets to actually talk to him and like it try to get him to not fight rocky again and kind of you know be humble so i like that they give the characters a little the side characters more to do yeah, it's a it's a good sequel because it builds off the first one in a good way and in a in a positive direction actually instead of killing the first one I think like most sequels do, um, but like you said it it gives Adrian finally something a little bit more of a voice a bigger uh, more of an arc. Paulie's still a piece of shit like we talked about, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> and I I still think Apollo's still an asshole, but I guess that changes. Um, doesn't matter. Uh, Mickey's Mickey, so like it is what it is. He's not gonna do anything. Um, is it and remind me, Ronnie? Is it this one or is it the f- third one? The or third one, maybe third one where Mickey gives him the uh the necklace with Rocky Marciano's boxing glove. Oh, that's that's five. We got to save that moment. Oh wait, so that never happens in the one through four? Mm, Correct. No. Oh, that makes it even worse. I thought it had. I just couldn't remember it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm jumping the gun here. Oh yeah, and I also got this necklace. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, never mind. Okay, sorry. I jumped the gun there. Jesus Christ. It's okay. We'll circle back. The fight in Rocky Two though is not very good. No. I, I think you you mentioned that briefly. The choreography really gets better as it goes on. Yeah. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. also, like it's it's also not as exciting and. Because obviously Rocky, the the like we already mentioned this, but like the the love of Rocky, why I love it is he's the underdog. He doesn't care about winning. This one, he it's cares about winning and it celebrates that victory, which is good in a different way. It's nice, but I I always like Rocky as the underdog, and he doesn't mm-hmm. like you said before Corey, he doesn't care about the being heavyweight champ. It's just kind of like just proving himself. So, and this um the one thing I like about the series is. A lot of times when series keep going, characters start to do things that don't fit in their character because you have to make this movie happen or the plot work a certain way. Apollo is always, you could predict what Apollo's going to do. Like yeah. he's very consistent. And Rocky, well, Rocky's just so simple that you can always kind of figure out what he's going to do. 
His task simple, is easy. Simple Rocky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a testament to the to the characters themselves. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you can describe the characters in, in these first few Rocky movies pretty clearly, I mm-hmm. think. Right? Yeah. Like, if someone asks you to describe Rocky, mm-hmm. you can come up with adjectives that fit him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing with... Apollo, right? The, these guys are good characters in that not only are they memorable and they have like good actors and good performances and they're in good movies, but they have qualities that um, I guess transcend like what you might just call, I don't know, like a normal guy. Yeah. Right? And to me, mm-hmm. like when I start describing a character that way, like, oh, they're regular, I guess, then I know something is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like Stallone worked directly with George Lucas in creating these characters. <laughs> <laughs> I actually mentioned that later. Um, but, uh, but no. Ooh, Star Wars tie-ins? Yeah. Oh, no. no. Don't worry, Corey. I got some Star Wars tie-ins later just for you because it's why you're God here. damn it. Okay. Um, Mr. T should have been Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> <laughs> His trainer. <laughs> You're a Jedi Knight, aren't you? Don't get a sucker no statue. Give him guts. I told you I wasn't going away. I saw your laser sword. Only Jedis carry that kind of weapon. I am rank number one. One! That means I'm the best. I don't think so. Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. No one can kill a Jedi. You know why you can? Gambling. Everything here revolves around betting on those awful races. Hey, woman. Hey, woman. Um... Uh, Corey, anything else since you're pretty positive on Rocky 2? You guys talked about the chicken thing. I really <laughs> like the chicken thing and how we see it later. <laughs> but yeah. like, there's some good bits of comedy in Rocky 2 with just like his interactions with Mickey. Mickey is such an angry old bastard, but like, <laughs> he's got a good heart. And I don't feel that way about another angry old bastard, Polly. Yeah. Like, that dude is bitter as fuck, and he's like... <laughs> He can be cruel at times, right? Oh, yeah, especially in the first mm-hmm. uh, two movies, and then Rocky Three, he gets like fucking jealous. He's a prick, always. I don't honestly. I, I would have cut him out of my life after Rocky Five. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 even with that, though, what's realistic though and likable about it is like he's it's Adrian's brother, so he's always has to be there. Adrian's loyal to her brother, even though he's an asshole. So like, and Rocky he doesn't said, seem yeah. like he likes him a very often because i think in rocky balboa or one of them he talks about paulie and says yeah he's just kind of like a friend he's, he's, he's always around he doesn't say yeah in really five positive he does. things he's kind of, he was always just kind of there or rocky yeah. balboa it is. what do you have to say about paulie he's always around <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a parasite that's what he is yes <laughs> he shows up on time this guy yeah. where's my booze he's like okay. uh something you just can't shake that you caught you know <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, my question before we move on to Rocky Three, because I got some questions after each of them to kind of keep it going here. Um, start with Shane. Give me one one of your favorite sports movies. Like so, like kind of like trying to compare it Rocky to like different sports kind of films. Like, what's another one that you another sports movie you love? Oh God. Um, A Knight's Tale. Oh God. <laughs> I love that movie. I fucking hate that movie. It's about jousting. <laughs> Touche. There you go. And it's a Rocky story. It is because all sports movies are the same fucking story. But the, that movie's on our wasted potential like list one day to watch uh, a Night's Tale. Shane, you know what's funny? At first, I thought like Night's Tale, but I thought I thought that was the one with Martin Lawrence when he oh, goes back Black in time. Knight. 
Black Knight. I thought that at first. I'm like, oh, okay. Dude, I got a recommendation to, to watch that on my Amazon. I don't know how that got there. But... <laughs> Dane wants to watch a, a Black Knight. He wants to go to diverse uh, this one. I love Martin Lawrence. <laughs> Especially when he's getting punched by an Italian. <laughs> okay, Corey, what about you? Solid sports movie you love besides Rocky. I can give you a few answers. I like to do that on the Spoilers podcast, which I'll shout out later. <laughs> a better There's podcast. a childhood favorite of mine called The Sandlot. Oh, yes. So I'm a sucker Classic. for 90s kids movies, and there were so many 90s kids sports movies. Like, I think Disney started it, and then just like, it was there was just a slew of them. Uh, live action kids sports movies. But The Sandlot really has a lot of heart. Like, it, it hits a lot of good beats in the movie that keep you engaged it's not your basic sports movie and uh, i think it's it's better for it good ensemble by the way with these kids they all kind of got their unique kid personalities and then if i'm gonna go into the recesses of the 90s but not a kid's movie although still one i watched as a kid i would say a league of their own ah that's a good one oh yeah that's that's underrated one for sure that's also a baseball movie. I know everyone likes to quote, there's no crying in baseball. I think that seems pretty good, but there's <laughs> there's other really great moments in A League of Their Own, mm-hmm. especially like huge emotional beats that pay off. And there's some like amazing thing they did in that movie that I don't really see done often. And that's where they they cast an actor to play an older version of another actor that actually fucking looks like them. Yeah. That, there's nothing. I, 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 I like recently saw pictures of the comparison. It's, it's actually like, and they're actually really good actors too. They're not shitty. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And the only thing they did with that, that's kind of wonky that I only noticed as an adult is that they ADR the older version of Gina Davis with actual Gina Davis. Oh, really? Oh, at the end, know. right? Yes. And the yeah. very beginning. Oh, beginning. Oh, when they, when they go to the, the whole thing that's right right? it's a flashback yeah and then if i'm gonna go with like something more modern like that's been released in the last 10 years that is kind of a oddball sports movie i would say i tanya is really good oh Oh, that's a great oh yeah i forgot forgot about that one oh that's the the ice skating tanya harding tanya harding yeah Yeah. and and again i think that goes back to the 90s as well or that incident might have been in the 80s i don't remember i remember hearing about it in my childhood but the filmmaking in I, Tanya is very unique. It's like a dark comedy, so mm-hmm. you can watch it from that perspective rather than mm-hmm. just like a, a straightforward biopic. It kind of gives you different accounts of the way people tell the story, yeah. and it works it into the narrative in a really clean way. So that's a good one. Yeah, it, it does like the whole unreliable narrators, but not in an obnoxious way. It, it kind of just, it's almost, it's almost, it's kind of built almost like, Kind of like a confessional in a way, because some, I think sometimes like don't characters break the fourth wall. Yeah, they do that all mm-hmm. the time, and like that, okay. it kind of like adds to the charm and comedy. Yeah. And there's a guy in this movie that he's an actor that shows up in a lot of things. He's in Cobra Kai. His name's uh, Paul Walter Hauser. He plays a guy named Sean in that movie, and he's just fucking hilarious. He is amazing. Is he the like the the fat dumb guy who's hired? With yes. The, yeah, okay. Oh, he's um he's the. Uh... For the Atlantic, Atlantic bombing, what's the movie? Uh, Richard. Oh yeah, the, the Clint Eastwood Richard film. Yeah, what's it? Richard, like Richard Gear. I have to hear it. <laughs> Richard Gear, the gerbil. Yeah, the gerbil. Richard, different road. Yeah, Richard Herbal. Herbal. Uh, yeah, that, he's good. He's really good in that one. That's a good movie. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Okay. Also, before uh, we get to Danny, I want to change my answer. <laughs> okay what's your answer it's not oh, going to be one that daniel pulled my favorite sports movie now i think about it, is actually a boxing movie and it's called digstown with james woods 
Oh, fucking shit, Diggs. I man. fucking love that movie. He takes a former heavyweight champion, goes to a town, and he has to fight like 15 dudes to win $100,000. It's it's bonkers, and it's amazing. It's featuring James Woods. Okay. So Roadhouse, Richard, but boxing? Richard Jewell. Kind of. Richard Jewell, thank you, yeah. I like Gerbil. <laughs> Richard Gerbil. Okay, <laughs> um, Dan, how about you? One of your favorite sports movies. Oof. I've got a ton of them. Um... Do you like it? Sam? That's a good one. I like, uh, of course. I think I'll do an underrated one. It's Disney as well. That people don't talk about for it's not my favorite one, but I do Miracle. Oh, with um, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah, Kurt Russell. I'm a sucker I don't for know Kurt that. Russell. What's too. that one? It's about the 1980s U.S. men's hockey team. Uh, like previously, Russians? were like against against the Russians because the Russians always that's right. kick ass and uh, men, uh, Olympic hockey, and then instead of using like. Uh, actual like professional hockey players um they actually use like college kids instead and they it just tells like the underdog story of them actually like beating beating the russians and winning like the gold uh medal in the olympics i guess no spoilers but it doesn't matter <laughs> spoilers it's, it's really from really 1980 yeah but it's, it's really good miracle. Like, uh, yeah it's a miracle yeah it's really good i recommend that one that's a good heartwarming one soviets <laughs> yeah a good one. It was a good documentary about um, the Russian team too. I think it's on Netflix somewhere about like the opposite story of how the how Russia was so dominant <laughs> and how their families were killed after. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, like they all like, like tried to do. They're yeah. banished. To... <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all. I think most of them try to defect right away because they're like we're fucked. Um, <laughs> we love Russia, anyways. Um, I, my favorite movie of all time, like all time, is sixty one. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it, Ronnie. I know oh, I've yeah. talked about you. I talked about it for like years with you. It's about uh, Roger Maris' sixty one home run race in nineteen sixty one, beating Babe Ruth's record. It's a baseball movie. That's amazing. Dr- directed by Billy Crystal, and has Tom Jane, one of our favorite. Got Tom Jane and it oh, plays Mickey Mantle. You had me Barry- at Tom Jane. <laughs> yeah, he plays Mickey Mantle, and Mickey Mantle is just a drunk, and it's wonderful. <laughs> Um, and then uh, one more I'll give you uh, real quick is probably the best sports movie, I guess, best made sports movie of all, I th- maybe, is uh, Moneyball. Yeah, Moneyball's a good one. Moneyball's really good. And, Moneyball's uh, a great book- one because it's, it, it's, it's about the sport, but it's not about the sport, and that's why I really love Moneyball. It's good, and the book uh, by Michael Lewis is really good that it's based off of, so that's really good. So. Good choices. While we're going on crazy sports movie tangents. <laughs> Cool Runnings, man. Oh, <laughs> no one said Cool Runnings. Damn it. I can't believe I said Digstown instead of Cool Runnings. <laughs> Can I change my vote for the third time, please? No, 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 no. I like Digstown. <laughs> I am positive that in the existence and the lifespan of humankind, there will never be a greater bobsled movie than Cool Runnings. I, you can't. There's no way. Unless Is Nolan it- decides he wants to make a bobsled movie. There is no way. Is there even other another bobsled movie ever? <laughs> well, I don't think there is really, at least none that really people know about, but 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, we might get a bobsled movie pop up here and there. None will be better than the Disney, mm-hmm. very charming and lovable movie, Cool Runnings. I'm yes. pretty sure every Winter Olympics, Jamaica gets a just a slot. Like they don't even have to earn their way into the Winter Olympics. They have a bobsled team. Period. Like, 
Yeah, they get to submit a tape, yeah. and that tape is Cool Runnings. <laughs> cool Runnings, mom. And then I'll, I'll give one more last one that everyone loves too. That I think we should do for wasted potential podcast at some point is the Ringer. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville. Boy, that one didn't yeah. age well, huh? No. I don't even think it presented well. It wasn't even no, like a, it was okay then. It came out, and people were like. Huh? <laughs> I think you guys should describe the plot for the audience because people that are listening to this that are Rocky fans probably have not seen The Ringer. And I think just saying the premise will help. Johnny Knoxville has mental problems, so he made a movie called The Ringer where he pretends to have a Down syndrome in Special Olympics. That's all you need to know. We're moving on now. Um, I need the money. Yeah. Some, yeah. One of my favorite uh, sports movies, and because I don't like sports. I'm not sure how you – are you a sports guy, Corey? No, not okay, at all. So, so you and I are not sports guys, but Shane, uh, Dane, uh, Shane and Dane, Shane and Danny are big <laughs> sports movies. Yeah, yeah, um, so we, my, we, we talk sports. Yeah, so my favorite sports movies aren't about, a, about the sport. I love Foxcatcher. Foxcatcher is a really good one from the guy who directed um, a Moneyball and just great performances. Yeah. Like my favorite performance, everyone likes Steve Carell, but I think Channing Tatum is phenomenal in that movie of just like the pressure of like winning and kind of being like groomed by this creepy guy it's really excellent and then murder as well and punches then, his own face yeah and then if i'm going for something like stupid and cheesy one of my favorite sports movies which i'm sure isn't good at all i haven't seen it in a while is hard ball starring keanu reeves where he he uh helps inner city kids play baseball and they sing biggie small songs oh my god i haven't <laughs> yeah. seen that in forever holy yeah. cow that's on get denzel list. for that one huh <laughs> no, we have Keanu Reeves with them. <laughs> Short pants. Listen, we're tied 2 2. We just need to get one guy out. Coach, I can't pitch. These guys are really going to sweat me. They're going to yell, then I can't think. This guy's one of the best hitters in the league. Miles, you're in charge of here, okay? Don't rush. Hey, you can hear Big Pop in your head, right? Yeah, just sometimes I lose the rhythm. Oh. I see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby. Baby. I love the way you call me Big Pop. Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. Cause I see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby. Baby. Okay, let's get on to Rocky 3. Yes. Dear guest, Corey. Bring the noise, sir. Rocky 3. Gentlemen, the 1980s had an effect on the Rocky movies. And I think this is apparent right away with this movie, right? You don't say. The recap aside, what we see early on in this movie, one of the things that grabs your attention right away is the appearance of the ultimate male, Thunderlips. <laughs> Which is what everyone associates with a great male is lips. <laughs> and a balding hulkster. <laughs> Way before he publicly said the N-word. <laughs> so, you know, this movie, it really kind of tells you what it is very early on. And I think... It's divisive in the Rocky franchise, but it also, it's kind of amazing what they do with the Rocky movies, because I think it would have been easy to keep doing 
the slow-paced underdog movies, but they wanted to kick it up. You know, the 80s had arrived. We need some hair rock in these movies. <laughs> Speaking of hair, yep. Rocky <laughs> has the worst hair in this movie <laughs> of all of the franchise. <laughs> it's just this big poof, and it looks so stupid. I think it's a, uh, a victim of the times. <laughs> Rocky's the people's champion in this movie, carried over from the last movie, right? He's the heavyweight champion of the world. He's on a streak. He can't be beat. Everything is good in his life. But then we get our main villain of this movie. And this villain is a goddamn cartoon supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mr. T as Clubber Lang. Famous from Mr. T cereal, of course. <laughs> he has, a, he has a, a story of his own kind of going on in the background, right? He's working his way up the ranks. And he's just doing it on pure, like, grit and working in these, like, dank underground training facilities <laughs> where he's at is totally different from where rocky's at right now because this dude is hungry right and rocky at the top of the world is now kind of ready to retire i feel like he's he's done everything he's accomplished everything he needs to accomplish but mr t kind of shows up threatens to sexually assault adrian <laughs> and they set up a match <laughs> he's not lying he crossed the line there, Mr. T. Yeah, he's dressed like a Native American and threatens to <laughs> have sex with Adrian. I'm not even joking. So the separation of realism in this movie is uh, is apparent, but that's okay, right? It, it's real in its own way, but it's like not quite as real world as the first ones, right? The first two mm -hmm. movies, you had Rocky's opponent, who was really just like a Muhammad Ali stand-in. Yeah. It's very clear when you watch that movie kind of what he's channeling. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's just Carl Weathers by himself is kind of naturally similar to that, but a lot of it kind of reads to me like it's in the script to kind of to be like that guy. Clubber Lang is big, he's mean, he's angry, and he's just a fucking bastard. <laughs> he beats the living shit out of Rocky early on. Mickey has a heart attack and dies, and kind of going back to this, the way I remembered it was that Clubber Lang killed Mickey, but that wasn't that really what cooler. happened. I... <laughs> Shut up, old man. You're going to die. <laughs> Where's your wife? <laughs> Come on, woman. <laughs> Come into my apartment. See a real man. A real man lives in an apartment. <laughs> are you tired of the impressions now, Corey? Or are you still no. happy? <laughs> That's all this number three is going to be. <laughs> we got four more hours of this, Corey. Four more Can hours. I get Thunderlips, Shane, please? <laughs> he didn't really do anything. <laughs> he, just, he just beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> no, he calls Rocky Meatball like 47 times. Yeah. The ultimate male. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the game. <laughs> Keep going, Corey. Sorry, interrupting, of course. <laughs> no, I love it. So, what's kind of cool about this movie, even though it's '80s as fuck, is that you know Rocky's opponent from the first movie, Apollo Creed, kind of comes to Rocky at his lowest point. You know, Rocky's trainer had died. Rocky really just got worked, and he found something out that really might hit him the hardest of all of those things, and it's that. He hasn't really been a successful champion so much as Mickey has kind of been handpicking lesser opponents to kind of keep Rocky on top. Mm -hmm. And he says he did it to protect him, but I'm sure it's really to protect their shared legacy. But that aside, Rocky is down in the dumps, right? So Apollo Creed shows up and says, you know, I can help you. You can beat this guy. 
I can show you how to fight like a black man. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta leave Philly. <laughs> That's really like the strategy of this movie. And I think there's, I, I do like the aspect of introducing strategy for Rocky mm-hmm. to win his fights, mm-hmm. right? The second movie, Mickey had a very specific strategy. Like, how are we going to beat Apollo? I'm not just going to train you and you're going to do the same thing. No, we're going to kind of work with what we have and come up with a new method. And that's what we see here. And this is more direct though, right? Rocky is learning a whole new fighting style, basically from Apollo Creed. He's combining his existing skills with Apollo skills, Hmm. comes back for the rematch. It's Rocky's toughest fight ever up to this point in the series. Eventually he does win, but you know, it's like there's been some change introduced to the character at this point. At the end of the movie, Rocky is far beyond the boxer that he was. He's learned a lot. He's gone through some really tragic things in his life. And then at the end, him and Apollo, former enemies, are now friends, which is an aspect that I really like. And they have their secret kind of behind-the-scenes boxing match because Apollo wants to go one more round with Rocky, but he wants it to be off the books. He wants it just to be man on man, and I appreciate that. And this is something that gets brought up a lot in later movies, in the Creed movies, and I just think it's so cool that they reference this, because this moment, it almost kind of seems like maybe a little bit for the fans, a little bit like fun. Now we need some something lighthearted to end the movie with after the big fight, and uh, it, it's a moment that I'm just glad exists in the Rocky series. Come on, we made a deal. I know, but this is extremely crazy. Yeah, it's mentally irregular, right? Yeah. But it makes all the sense in the world. Now you owe me a favor. I know, but uh, what'd you think of this? About three years ago. Oh, this is very crazy, Apollo. Look, Stallion. Now look, when you run that last fight, you won by one second, you beat me by one second, one second. That's very hard for a man of my intelligence to handle. Oh, is it? But didn't you say after I beat you, you learned how to live with it? I lied. Oh, you lied. <laughs> oh, 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 so now you just got to prove it to yourself, just right? Just myself. No TV, no newspapers, just you and me. Nothing, just you and me. Uh, age before beauty. I'm still young enough to whip your butt out. Oh, yeah? Well, how are you going to do that? You taught me everything you know. Almost everything. You got to remember now. You fight great, but I'm a great fighter. Huh? You ready? Oh, absolutely. All right. You know, Stallion, it's too bad. We got to get old, huh? <laughs> uh, just keep punching Apollo. Ding, ding. Yeah. Also, a little bit homoerotic. Pretty, pretty nice too. Oh, that's a standard that for the, Ronnie, the Ronnie on the beach. Movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, that was one of my notes that I just glanced right over. Men on the beach wearing short shorts and midriff t-shirts. <laughs> There's nothing oh. gay about it. All right, it's awesome. It's beautiful. Those <laughs> really um, the 80s. And then if you look to the right, you see Tom Cruise and Top Gun playing beach volleyball. Don't. don't I can only get so hard, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun sucks. Anyway. Whoa. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Top Gun Maverick, though. Oof. God. Let's not. Let's God, not I love it. Shit, All right. right. Um, <sighs> Rocky Thanks three should have been worse. That's like what I took away from it is you, you go to watch it and you're like, this thing's going to be a trash fire. <laughs> but they're so good at advancing the characters and you're having fun along the way. It's not like some Oscar winner, but it's it keeps the beats it needs to and advances everybody and is actually interesting. You get like the the you you wanna know what? I'm scared. 
okay, Adrian, I'm scared. <laughs> like, and she's like, stop being a bum, Rocky. <laughs> and like, Rocky has a real issue. And you're like, how do you make him the underdog when he's been the champ? Oh, well, let's just say he hasn't really been a champ. Mm-hmm. Kind of call his whole history into question and really knock him down. And let's kind of glance over the, the, the 80s vague racism because clubber lang on the surface before they really turn him up to 11 to make him a villain should have been the one that everyone's cheering for he's got this Mm -hmm. great story about the comes from the streets of chicago he trains himself he is rocky he's just a dick form of rocky he has a he's angry black rocky yeah Yeah, and everyone's like ew boo you're like wait a minute (laughs) give us the white guy There's a theme here. <laughs> and I think even Mr. T says it. Like, they kind of glance over in the movie. Oh, he's like, do. He's like, mm-hmm. y'all don't want me to be a champ because I look like this or something like that. And I was like, yeah. he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's my biggest gripe is, like, if Clever Lane was just not as much as a caricature, he'd be, like, it'd be a typical, like, if he just made it, like, there's this new heavyweight, he just murders people in the ring, like, a runner-up coming, like, the number one, like, contender – made it simple like that that rocky like sees him punch someone and or just say like flipperland killed someone in the ring by accident and then gets rocky scared just do that and you keep it yeah. simple it would make it so much better creed but, 2 should have been clubber lang's kid not drago's kid oh hold that thought we'll get oh, there in yeah, a little bit, but, but really quickly there the caricature i yeah I like Mr. T's over the topness because I think it fits the character of Clever Lang because, like you said, like Mickey says, and you said it to Corey, he's hungry. It's why Mickey's afraid mm-hmm. of Rocky going against him. But like he has to make a name for himself because he doesn't have uh, a famous name. So him like calling out Adrian and saying terrible things and just being kind of awful and just it, it gets his name out there so that Rocky's offended so that Rocky pays attention to him because that's kind of the whole thing with boxing. You got to have the bravado. So it's over the top. Mm. It's a caricature, but I do like that. Mr. T has to just, he had to bait him. him. Yeah. Yeah. He did. No, no, this is, this isn't wrestling. We need to be over the top. Okay. This isn't athletic. Like Rocky is also a champion wrestler, right? (laughs) There's literally a goddamn wrestler in this is screaming. at Dude. I, my jaw was dropped because I didn't, I should have known because it was wrestling, but like, I thought that was actually real. And I was like, Oh my god, he has to put down Hulk Hogan like a feral animal. Like I was like, Hulk Hogan's gonna kill everyone at this charity. Sometimes charity really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then um it's this one too where Polly's mad at Rocky because he won't give yes. him money. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Yeah, I wrote this down like like they introduce Polly's jealous of Rocky and then they forget about it as soon as Mickey yeah. dies because Polly becomes yeah. like his little like, you know, his cut man in the corner. <laughs> well, that's his job now. Right. So now he's making money. So like once Polly gets what he wants, he'll shut the fuck up. God, but I he's hate... still a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if he didn't get what he wanted, God, I fucking then what? Love Polly. <laughs> so, Corey, I'm going to go off what you said earlier. Uh, about Mickey, like or like uh, Clever Lang punching Mickey. I thought he, I I was the same thing with you before. We like kind of we watched this. I thought Clever Lang punched him and he fell off, like uh, the whole boxing right now. That's how he died. But <laughs> dude, that's my exact memory. Yeah, that's I, maybe it's, it's one of those yeah, Bernstein Bears moments. Yeah. yeah, you're thinking of Million Dollar nope. Baby. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's a, that was a good boxing movie. The sad boxing movie. Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, and I also like how 
the Rocky movies, it's obvious that Stallone knows boxing, even though he's not a good boxer, he knows boxing. So like that kind of dig about him fighting bums as a champion is a real problem in boxing where champions won't fight the best newcomer. They'll just keep fighting people they know that they can beat because no one wants to see the champion with one loss. They want the undefeated champion. Mm. So have, have have you looked up like his like fictional like boxing record of no, Rocky? <laughs> yeah, he's got like twenty three losses. So I'm like, <laughs> of course they're gonna of course they're gonna complain about it. He only has like thirty wins. It's a horrible percentage. Rocky were rich. <laughs> it's better than being a champion. <laughs> they do give Rocky's like win loss uh, percentage in the Rocky Six movie, Rocky Balboa. But to mm-hmm. me, Rocky, like, it, it's not so much that, like, he's never lost. Because he does lose. Yeah. And he yeah. has to for these movies to work at times. Of course. But it's really about, like, the tough opponents that he takes on. Yeah. And I think that's really why the people get behind him. It becomes yeah. like a James Bond film where the <sighs> rating of it God is based it. upon the villain. If you don't have the good villain, then the movie is un- unmemorable. Well, they mentioned this on like Balboa. They're like, oh, like like you said, Corey. Like, oh, all the t- all the you, you fought, you've always fought the toughest of the toughest against him. So except when he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clover Lang though, his his like extreme personality, like the ridiculousness of it. Mm-hmm. It's like I kind of think like in order to be a memorable boxing legend, you almost need some aspect of that. Maybe not as turned up to 11 as Clubber Lang is, but maybe yeah. more like an Apollo Creed, right? Because what I don't know much about boxing, but when I think to the boxers I do know, they're pretty like outrageous, like oh, yeah. Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. Well, because they're showing And Jake yeah. Paul. Oh, yeah. Jake Paul. Ali, Ali was an asshole, honestly. <laughs> Muhammad Ali was a complete asshole to his opponents. Like him and Joe Frazier were best friends. Like Joe Frazier gave Ali money when he was poor and then... When they started fighting, when Ollie came back, Joe Frazier, uh, Ollie would call him um, Uncle Tom and like yell at him and insult him the entire time. And Jesus Frazier's Christ. just like. Some of the best motivational speeches I've ever heard is Ollie talking shit to Frazier. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, he, he, the man knew what he was doing, but like he went like about, he went just like Clubber Lane, like Clubber Lane's lane. Yeah. He went that way. You know he went below the belt a lot of times. Muhammad Ali was was always unfiltered. Now the hold the gorilla. Got a copy of the gorilla. Get the man on out of here. I'm gonna do something to you. You got all the time. And in you're the world. in Manila. You're in my country too. Yeah. I'm gonna win every round. Cause over in that country, I the one not. who wins is the one who the one who loses is the one who get hit on the head the most. I uh, did. I'm gonna promise. hit you on your head the most. It's gonna be a thriller and a chiller and a killer when I get the gorilla in Manila. Well, number one, he's too ugly to be the world heavyweight champion. <laughs> Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier is so ugly, his face should be donated to the Bureau of Wildlife. Man's too slow. Man's too ugly. Man can't think. He's a Geechee. Something I tell him during the instructions, when the referees give us instructions, are the first clinch or two we in, whisper it in his ear. He's a little shorter now, so I can just look right down on him and, you know, Joe, so and so and so and so. Joe, so and so, be good, Joe. Now, I'd be a good but Now, oh, now, Joe, don't do that now. You know, I got something to tell him. Well, I, I agree with you, Corey. You have to be somewhat of a um, narcissist to be a, be a boxer for sure. You got to have that. 
flaz, but not as much as wrestling, though. So you know how, like, George Foreman has that grill that, like, everyone knows about? Like, the, the George Foreman grill? Yeah. One of the things that's missing from the Rocky movies is, like, a key piece of merchandise that should have, like... Ooh, that's, robots. Good. So that's, that's a good question. What do you think Rocky's Rocky's uh, George Foreman grill would be? Ooh, that's a great that. question. Is is the spaghetti maker? Make a spaghetti, you put some sauce on. It's a Come on. <laughs> I know Italian cooking. <laughs> this spaghetti, man. <laughs> These breadsticks are next level. I'm going, I'm going with the Balboa. I'm going with the Balboa brand Vaseline. <laughs> For his or her pleasure. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Try Tylenol. I wake up every day with a cranking headache. Take a couple of these. You're gone. I got brain damage and I can't see out of one eye. <laughs> Still illiterate. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's a thing. I don't know what it says, but that's I heard it's good. About these movies, I think we'll get to a little bit later. But before I forget, Rocky's like uh, prognoses or like uh, ailments from the doctor don't really follow through in all the films. But <laughs> no, you're right. He's always dying, and he always is not dying by the end. Your insides are still <laughs> bleeding from the last fight, Rocky. <laughs> Rocky, that brain damage is still there. We never addressed. Right, it gets addressed <laughs> once. Yeah. A, a carryover yeah. ailment gets addressed in one movie, and it's the movie that doesn't matter. The <laughs> oh my god! Thank you for exactly. Okay. It's the least important movie by far. Yeah. Gone off, gone off the rails. Oh, yeah. uh, Corey, anything to add about Rocky Three? You know what? It's not a great movie like the first two, but it's a really good and entertaining movie. And it's the kind of movie like if you want like '80s cheese and kind of like. A macho style, like I almost want to say action movie, but sports movie is definitely more accurate. Just start with three, right? If you're not into the slow burn drama oh, yeah. mm-hmm. of a man who's struggling and trying to make it in his particular field, this might be more your speed. Hmm. And you won't miss anything because the whole first half of the movie is just recounting every other movie. Yep. That's the so. trademark. And it, and it goes on until Rocky <laughs> Balboa, I think. Yeah. Um, Dan, anything to add about Rocky Three? No, I think Corey wrapped it up perfectly right there. Honestly, like it's it's just you can put it on the background. I feel like as opposed to the first two, uh, you can sit down and watch and enjoy it more. This one, you can kind of just like, oh, okay, I need to clean. I'll put it in the background. You kind of know the kind of know the plot already. It's when it's what's going to happen. Yep, Shane, you just watched this for the first time, I believe. So, any final thoughts on Rocky Three? Okay. Yeah. I, I always thought Rocky Four is my favorite, and then I saw three, and now I'm really <laughs> torn. I love three, man, because Mr. T is so fun, and I am rooting for Mr. T <laughs> the well, entire time. I have one question. Did you guys, on par uh, so far, one, two, or three in like order, what do you think has the best like boxing like scene? Like, editing-wise, three? Yeah. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. think the fight okay. in three is, is pretty yeah. superior to one and yeah. two. Okay, agreed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, up to this point because we don't get real boxing until like Creed, but <laughs> like no, yeah, true. This yeah, fight th- is three, one, two, I think so far. So. Yeah, I wrote down Rocky's a crash test dummy. You just like like and three movies <laughs> in, no one learns to put their fucking guard up. They're just like getting popped in the mouth. It's it's it gets so ridiculous. Uh, but I don't think this is the best made movie, but it's very entertaining. My only biggest gripe is the sound editing is goddamn awful like the bo- the the boxing sound effects sound as bad as like mm. yeah as bad as like 
and the highs yep. and lows. But the sound effects sound like the like, uh, when, like, like uh, Mike Tyson boxing for fucking like uh, the. The video game, yeah. Yeah, it's it sounds yeah. so fucking bad. Like, <laughs> punch out. Yeah, punch out. It's punch out. Yes. God damn it, Tyson. <laughs> um. Yeah, and the the scene where he's like sitting in bed with Adrian and whatever they're talking, you're like, and keep putting my ear like to the TV. Like, what are they saying? And then goes to the next scene. And Mr. T's just like, ah! <laughs> like Mr. T is doing his Shane impression. Like, yeah. He's like listening to this podcast. Yeah, it's like, what is Ronnie saying? And then you get Shane blowing out your eardrums. Damn. Corey coming from the corner of the haymakers uppercut. Him. Woo. Coming out swinging Corey. Love it. <laughs> Come to my apartment and see how I this out. Okay. So you gave us which ones we need to watch. Did you purposely give four to Shane? No. The only one okay. person... Re- God did. Only, <laughs> only, one, soon. only one person here requested a film and everything else I put into a random like like name generator. Oh, that's so fine. The, okay. Everything else is random. I thought it was Shane requested four on purpose, but that's fine. No, it just worked out perfectly by just yeah. chance. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let me I'm, read my I'm, story. I'm going to interrupt the <clears throat> fuck out of you, Shane. Do it. I have it written down. <laughs> All right. Rocky Four. Rocky, after <clears throat> defeating Clubber Lang, is living the life he's always dreamed of with the love of his life, Apollo Creed, and some other chick named Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the godless communists have created an android with a broken personality chip to beat low-level American boxers and fight for no meaningful boxing matches. <laughs> this android, going by the name of Drago, agrees to host a Make-A-Wish event for a geriatric man <laughs> with, <laughs> with looming bankruptcy. The match goes wrong when James Brown aggravates Drago <laughs> and Drago kills... <laughs> Sorry. Okay, aggravates Drago and he kills the person that the event is for. Oh, this is this is Apollo Creed who dies. Right. Rocky, realizing that he still has to fill and stretch to make an hour in a ninety-minute film, <laughs> buys a fuckbot for Polly, his his ward of the state, and agrees that the only way to appease Christ is to beat communist ass on Christ's birthday in front of in front of the socialist scum. All right, next page. <laughs> He hand wrote the notes. I did. I had to write. This is a lot. Mine is a lot. Fueled by unquenchable consumerism, (laughs) a touch of xenophobia, about four montages, Rocky chops down every tree in his sight and steals a man's sled. Oh, and climbs a mountain. (laughs) On the day of the fight, Rocky, totally rested by doing no training for boxing, Cranks up Survivor and beats the hell out of the old sickle and hammer. After about 19 TBIs, Rocky goes on and mumbles about changing or something, which melts Gorbachev's heart and brings down the Berlin Wall. The end. Best movie ever made. His heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> Rocky Four. Oh Holy my. shit. That's a, that's a pretty concise synopsis there, Shane. Excellent intro. Thank you. Thank you. 
I watched it three times. I could not, <laughs> I could not stop watching Rocky Four. You would have stopped texting me about fucking Rocky Four. Jesus it's Christ. It's incredible. It is everything I love about a shitty patriotic movie. Yeah, like, I woke up to 10 text messages just Shane in our group chat raving about fucking Rocky Four. I'm like, it okay. is Stallone celebrating how rich he is. <laughs> he must have just bought that Lamborghini. He's like, I'm not fucking, dri- I'm going to drive this car. And everyone has to see how awesome this car is. <laughs> and like, Apollo Creed dies? Uh-huh. What? Drago is amazing because he doesn't say anything. He, It's just the lore of Drago. The punch machine. Probably because Dolph Lundgren just, didn't really know English very well at this point in his acting career. I wrote down they had so, to hire the wife because Lundgren can't speak English. I got that feeling like very much because like you can as an interpreter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like the I love the like Soviet American rivalry because you know at the time that was just like cranked to eleven. Because even now it's like yeah, beat beat a Soviet ass, but like back then it had to be like. Holy shit, I can only imagine how awesome. It's the height of the Cold War. I know. And Rocky goes to the heart of the Cold War and beats his ass in front of him. And they cheer him for it. (laughs) On Jesus' birthday. On Jesus' birthday. (laughs) I had a a quick question about this. Maybe this is a Shane question or anyone who's more intelligent than Shane. Okay, so don't you have to get, like permission to fly into enemy nations like i know we're not at a like an official war but they're like an enemy combatants all right or in theory how the fuck does rocky get to fucking heart of the, like ussr they fly him there and then he has like uh kgb agents that follow him everywhere who he outruns up a mountain that was the deleted scenes ronnie he missed that the, oh, the, like, the whole process of getting in those weeks yeah well my, my yeah. whole question yeah. is like it's obviously like they say make a point of saying that this is not a a, a boxing commissioned like licensed fight but like rocky going over in enemy territory like wouldn't that put him up for treason no because he goes there to beat his ass he's <laughs> sponsored by america like what about coca-cola yeah yeah the president signed off on this one <laughs> yeah shane go ahead he's like this is our chance do your, um, do your reagan impression shane we're waiting for it nah. <laughs> I can't just. I'm not a monkey. I don't just dance when you give me a banana. Dance, like, God, this is all you do. <laughs> um, Rocky for the best part of it is the montages, and they're the worst part because there's about eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> this whole movie is montages. It is just Stallone at the peak of his steroid use, and just working out in a barn, and it is awesome. It is. Anyone that ever sees like a motivational like workout video or something, it's from Rocky Four. Because <laughs> like, the irony is is Rocky or Stallone is juiced to the gills, but they're accusing Drago <laughs> Ex- of doing steroids was, in a lab. <laughs> I was the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rocky's just a good old American chopping wood and doing pull ups and helping out people with their sleds. Wearing leather jackets in the snow. Pulling pa- like... Polly's fat ass. <laughs> and here comes Polly. Yeah. It's it's basically a continuation of three because three is where like Rocky has to give up, you know, his rich ways and stop like seeking the spotlight. Mm-hmm. It just takes the back half of three and extends it for an hour. <laughs> like, and it's amazing. 
<laughs> yeah, so I wrote down this movie is like unironically just like weird about tones and like the American ego and hubris. Because at first, like, I've never seen this movie before. I've heard the rumors and I, I've seen the like pictures really? and I know what yeah. it is. I've never seen this movie before until two days ago. So I thought maybe, which is stupid of me, this is kind of like a commentary on like the stupidity of American ego and like because Apollo Creed. <laughs> Gets fucking James Brown cocaine mm. and comes out and does this big old show and then he gets fucking murdered in front of millions of people. <laughs> so I was like, if Stallone was a little smarter, he could have made this about like the hubris of American ego. But instead, he's like, now we're gonna hype it up to a thousand. And then he goes over and <laughs> like hypes it up and beats the shit out of a Russian because America. And then he becomes Jesus and he ends the Cold War. He's the savior for us all. <laughs> so I'm gonna quickly it- say that there's. There's two versions of Rocky IV. Yeah. One came out last year or the year before, and it's called Rocky IV, and it has a subtitle, Rocky versus Drago. And this is the recut version by Stallone. And there is some new footage. There's some stuff taken out. It's, of course, by and large the same, right? But one of the things that's pretty unique about that movie is that when Creed comes out and doing a stupid little dance with his Uncle Sam outfit to James Brown, which is cringy as shit, right? But that still happens. But you can see, like, Adrian and um, Marianne in the audience, like, looking like, what the fuck is this shit? And Rocky's kind of, like, dumbfounded as well. like um this is a bit much <laughs> yeah and i will say this though in that movie they take out the robot oh no i don't want it <laughs> i don't want it yeah it's it's almost kind of like like kind of like retrofitting it to kind of match with creed kind of in a way i've never seen it but i've heard about this like yeah. the, this this like kind of direct or i think Stallone directed this right the director's cut mm-hmm. yeah, he directed yeah it. it's it's basically his re-edit mm-hmm. but it's called the director's cut okay <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see Snyder it. Snyder Cut. Yeah. If I had more time, I was going to watch it. Because I've heard about it, and I heard it's... I don't know, Corey. I'm guessing you've seen both. So in your opinion, like, what do you think is a better movie? The director's cut or just the original uncut Rocky Full Cocaine and James Brown? I'd say the original has the edge because the pacing is superior. In the newer one, there's some pretty abrupt moments where it's like, okay, so I guess we're here now. Oh. And oh, it, it doesn't flesh out some of the conversations in the same way that it does in the original. Mm-hmm. Now, it has newly introduced kind of conversations, but you could tell that there was some limitations with the editing, like working around like the robot and like the way certain <laughs> things are set up in that movie. So Polly in general. Happy birthday, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys think about the introduction of that robot, though, in Original Recipe Rocky Four? right? it's He gets his whole, like, own wrestling entry into their living room. Hey, 
I wanted a sports car for my birthday. Not no walking trash can. Oh, come on, he looks great here. He's extremely psycho, Rocco. Well, since you don't have any friends, we thought you'd like it. Yeah, pretend you're happy. Well, you'll keep your company when you're all alone. <laughs> don't worry. I'll clean it up for you, bully. That's my girl. And it's terrifying. The lighting's like dark. It's bad. And like almost. it's foreboding. And I keep waiting it to Hulk Hogan and start beating up everybody and Rocky has to put it down. <laughs> but instead it takes an even darker turn where Polly makes it have a female voice and calls it honey. Yeah. Like, only in the eighties, man, could you be doing enough cocaine to be like <sighs> I know what this scene needs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a robot bringing a K to cake in. <laughs> what? Yeah, Rocky's so rich, he's got a robot slave. What? That, <laughs> that robot is uh, compatible with all sorts of add-ons. <laughs> as is implied oh, oh, by Paul. And they paid for the add-ons, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, but they got the full package. <laughs> it reminds me of in South Park when they ask Osimo 2000, are you a pleasure bot? <laughs> Are you uh, are you pro are you programmed for pleasure? <laughs> um, the problem, and I love Rocky Four, but even my patriotic ass gets <laughs> a little grinding on it. Is not the montages, but the flashbacks oh, are so long. Oh. There is a good ten to fifteen minute of him driving the Lambo, remembering Apollo Creed. And I kid you not, they play every scene that Apollo Creed has ever been in. And also just every scene <laughs> from Rocky 1, 2, and 3. This randomly yes. Adrian's yeah. face pops up. She looks like she's going to cry. There's like the scene where like where, where Rocky molests Adrian too. I'm like, what the fuck is that in there? Like, <laughs> are you it's, feeling guilt? Mistakes were made. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have done that. Oh, I'm sorry. It was like... They had to figure out how to fill the gap until he got to the cabin, and they could do that montage where they do two montages. <laughs> uh, Corey, in the director's cut, do they still include the flashbacks? Yeah, they're still there. The, the director's cut is meant to be, I think, a little bit more serious, and the, the insertion of the flashbacks is it's just to kind of ground the movie somewhat. Got it. Okay, despite the movie being absolutely insane inherently, <laughs> grounded a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. I, care, I like this movie ironically. It's it's obviously really silly, but I could see a really good like movie in this of Apollo Creed so full of himself. And I get why, because I think Carl Weathers, even though this movie's a fucking farce, does a good enough job explaining, I don't want to be old. I don't want to put up the mm -hmm. gloves because what else am I? And Rocky tells him, you have your time in the spotlight and you have to walk away, which Rocky never learns that shit. But point being is like, like I, Apollo's hubris gets him killed. So, but then it also has the fuckbot, the silly Lamborghini drive, like driving the over the top, just like goofiness of the, you know, the 80s-ness of the movie. So I, I see kernels of brilliance in this. And I feel like Stallone needed another editor on the script to kind of be like, let's not make this a fucking joke. But once again, the joke is why everyone remembers, remember for it. It's so silly. Um, what's his face? Uh, uh, Drago looks like Jake Paul. I keep getting like Jake Paul like thing like no, Paul. Don't worry, giant Jake Paul. Giant Jake Paul. Shit, it's, it's... I wish Jake Paul would fight Drago, <laughs> dude. Oh, that, I would pay. Please. I would actually pay for that one. Oh my god, just murder him. But it's it's so silly, and which which makes it likable to us, kind of well me, ironically. But I could see the kernels of this being a more serious movie that addresses like. You know, ego, patriotism, addressing the Cold War scenario in a silly way, but 
that wouldn't make it fun. It'd probably be a boring movie. It'd probably be a more forgettable Rocky. Yeah, I I kind of think this movie as the the Stephen King Rocky movie. It could have been it could have been, been a lot it could have been a lot better in a certain pots, but like it it is it is what it is. It's silly. I came in this podcast, you know, think of one thing. You guys obviously don't like me, but you know but, I mean? but as I podcasted, I could see the things changed, and you and you changed. So I thought if I could change, maybe we 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 could change. And and that's all I gotta say. Everybody could change. Look at me. The end. You know what I mean? Oh, and Survivor writes some of the best fucking music that's ever been produced. Oh my like, god, don't. Survivor is like Kenny Loggins, where you're like, I don't like them. And then you hear their soundtrack and you're like, fuck yeah. No, the, the three or four songs they have that are popular. And and my wife watched it with me and she's like, did they write this specifically for this movie i was like that's the only thing survivor has (laughs) they don't make music they just hope for a rocky movie that's all they got adrian (laughs) (laughs) it's a good guitar riff what can i say i don't know i kind of wrote it you know it feels like they came to survivor and we're like all right guys eye of the tiger is awesome we're gonna use it but we need one more song and they're like spit out their drink like what (laughs) you have to write another song Okay, uh, being a champion is important, <laughs> and, and, uh, working hard for love. <laughs> like, the lyrics are like, he's just, they're just making them up, like, and, and never give up. Blood, sweat, and tears, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and it kicks ass. <laughs> Speaking, uh, speaking of, I guess the music. I guess we haven't talked about the theme of the Rocky theme. It's so iconic. Oh, fucking Bill. Cullen. Have you? Oh, yeah. Have you guys? Do you have you guys? I, I, I like you, Ronnie. I had to put subtitles on every movie I watched. <laughs> the lyrics to the theme are the most simple and stupidest lyrics ever. It's like I'm trying hard, <laughs> working hard now, <laughs> working hard now, working hard now. <laughs> But the uh, theme is so iconic, though. I feel, I feel like everybody knows it, even if they don't even like have watched a single Rocky movie. Well, every, Hell yeah. every Rocky those, movie. Those horns, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the montages real quick. This movie, I think, is famously twenty percent montage, literally. <laughs> yeah, twenty percent mm-hmm. montage. I believe it. If someone said more, I probably would believe that yeah, too. To say, be honest, those numbers seem low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring up those numbers. There. That's yeah. rookie numbers. Yeah. That's Rocky Three numbers. <laughs> There's a beat that movies like this had to hit in the '80s, and it's mm-hmm. the low point sad boy montage. And mm-hmm. to me, it kind of just reminds me of Jean Claude Van Damme movies. Like Kickboxer and Bloodsport both have this same exact <laughs> montage. Yes. So after Apollo Creed gets his ass killed by Ivan Drago, 
Rocky is uh, introspectively driving around, reminiscing while we get the rock ballad playing, Mm -hmm. right? So one component of it is the rock ballad, very 80s. (laughs) And then another thing is the flashbacks that are going on throughout that. And to me, it's just so, so typical of a movie like this, right? To have that particular montage. Training montages aside, which this movie has two that are basically back-to-back. One of the biggest things I remember from this movie yeah. is a training montage. Adrian shows up, another training montage. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it literally has like a minute between them, and and then it goes into the next one. They're like, "I, I got nothing. He hasn't fought Drago yet." And Edgar's like, "Fuck." <laughs> that being said, the training montages are pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> it's They're wonderful. so dope because, like, I just love the cut because in reality. The Russians would be doing what Rocky's doing, and Rocky would be in a lab in America yeah. doing what the Russians doing. But, like, you know, the he's in like a Gold's Gym, Drago, in like doing these machines to build his shoulders, and Rocky's like bench pressing a yeah. carriage. <laughs> carriage, like, give me a carriage. It's it's just so and chopping wood like that has any like boxing translation like the, the chopping <laughs> like... of the wood to like the beat is fucking class yep that's masterful <laughs> i love that there's certain things with these montages where they take extra care to make the music line up in a perfect way and i really like that yeah well and and, and uh i think it's in rocky oh, two where he, where he first does this where he's like taking a, a sledgehammer to like some tires right so like all these yeah. movies kind of in the montage there's something involving like mm-hmm. a full body drop like you know, a hammer or Chicken. something to, or chopping or an axe something to kind of bring that back it's it's like a, yeah it's manly, manly it, but it's like a rocky staple basically what, what threw me off and i it kind of doesn't fit and i get it rocky's rich but he wears like this like louis vuitton like leather jacket and it doesn't fit with him like in the cabin in the snow like you think he'd like have a beanie and like a an old like vietnam kind of jacket like kind of thing but instead, he's like, he's dressed like kind of fancy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, the wardrobe <laughs> choice like, doesn't line up with the message. Like skinny jeans. Yeah, I'm like, what? What is this? And he's like, I don't know. This is what I wore. Yeah. No, he, he has to wear the jacket. The jacket and the hat and his, and his gloves are his his uh, his. Uh, I guess trademark. Trademark, yeah. Yeah. But Polly shows up to fucking Soviet Russia wearing a goddamn "Don't Tread on Me" jacket. I know. <laughs> yes. Oh, I forgot that. Yes, it's so just unapologetically American. He's the unsilent majority. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like, and he just keeps shitting on Russia the entire time. Like it's amazing. I want to say this too about the director's cut. It does kind of set up that like Russia is a little bit like nefarious in the way they handle this match. So they extend mm-hmm. the scene where Rocky talks about why he has to go to Russia, and it's because the boxing commission will not allow him to fight against Drago. And it's very clearly said in that version that he is still the champion, and it wouldn't be appropriate to have Drago fight the champion who's had no professional matches. So that's one aspect. Drago fights no legitimate matches right. ever. No, he just murders people. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and also, I'm, I'm guessing, Corey, too, like, the intentions to connect to Creed 2, because that's a plot point in Creed 2 as well as, like, the kind of... Oh, like, I'm sure of that, yeah. Yeah. But also, so Rocky goes to Russia, right? 
they ask the guy that takes them to the cabin, all right, so when do the sparring partners arrive? And they're like, oh, you're not getting any sparring partners. <laughs> so they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so that's kind of why you see Rocky do this training. It's like explained a little bit more. He's like, all right, well, I got to train by myself kind of the hard way. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to fuck him over mm-hmm. a little bit. And then during yeah. the match, at one point, when Rocky's getting the upper hand, the ref tries to call the match and says, no, you look like you're hurt. We got to stop it. But like Rocky like yells at yeah. him and he doesn't do it. <laughs> yeah, they they kind of sprinkle a little bit in there because they mention, oh no, wait, or is that Creed two? That's Creed two where they talk about how it, if it goes to a a decision that they they wouldn't trust the Russians to make a fair call. Never mind, I'm thinking of the different movies. Yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of like that in this vibe, one though. though. So yeah, right. It's to connect the thread to the Creed movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. This is your cabin. There is no food, no water, and it's covered in snow. Good luck. <laughs> Dan, anything else? You must to learn to hunt. <laughs> no, not really. I, I, this, this one, this is the one I didn't rewatch, honestly. So I, all I remember is montages uh, <laughs> in just Russia, and then I remember the the the, the big ass flags of uh, Drago as you as uh, for the fight. That's all I remember really much. I, this one, I this one is the most silliest and stupidest. Oh, no, five is a different story though. Yeah. We're five Oof, there's five. Oof. What about you, Corey? This one is stupider than five, I, but five is worse than this one. Well, yeah. it, this one, it's, 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 yo, yeah, I would watch this one 10 times out of 10 and five again, for sure. Yeah. Anything else to add, Corey, to four? You know, I'm not the first person to make this observation, but uh, Rocky ended the Cold War, so we got to thank him for that. Good job. Good, good job, Rocky. More of a veteran than Shane. Except it happened again. We're right back where we started, Rocky. So you didn't do it well enough. <laughs> we got to bring him back. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. The next Rocky movie. Let's... I have the perfect title for it. He comes back and he actually does a match. That movie will be called mm. The Italian Stallion. <laughs> yes. He's jacked. He's ready to go. Um, Shane. Yeah. Um, I have one last thing with Rocky Four um, that I wanted to bring up was Rocky Three is the better version of Rocky Four because. Even in Rocky Four, they do where he's in the stairwell with Adrian, and she's like, "Rocky, don't do this! Like he's he's a monster; he'll kill you." And he gives this speech, and they're trying to like replicate the "I'm scared, okay, Adrian," but they fail because <laughs> he goes, he's like, "You know, you're gonna get in that ring, and he's gotta be prepared to die, cause I am." Whoa. And I was like. This would work if he didn't literally just kill somebody <laughs> with his bare hands. Like moments earlier, like that whole like I'm ready to die in the ring thing works when the idea of death is like it's there, but it's not really a thing. He he kills yeah. people. So far, he's fought one professional match and he killed somebody. <laughs> like he's <laughs> Jesus Christ. <Yeah. laughs> Meanwhile, the robot's just moving around in the background, <laughs> doing circles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a Roomba. It's like caught yeah. in the corner. It's fucking like short circuit back there. Like, ay, ay, ay. Or, or like Alpha from fucking Power Rangers. It doesn't fit there at all. Go. It's just chasing cats. Short circuit. Rocky Four. I came here tonight. I didn't know what to expect. I seen a lot of people hating me. And I didn't know what to feel about that. So... I guess I didn't like you much, none either. During this fight, I seen a lot of changing. The way you felt about me and the way I felt about you. In here, 
There were two guys killing each other. But I guess that's better than 20 million. So what I was trying to say is that if I can change, and you can change, everybody can change. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we're halfway through our epic grudge match. Are we all ready? For, for five, I don't care. Okay. Dan, you have the difficult challenge ahead of you. Rocky Five. Oh, Rocky Five. We have come to this, gentlemen. The movie picks up showing a bare at naked ass Rocky right after defeating communism. He comes back to the greatest country in the world, talking to the press. We're in the, we're in the middle of the press conference. Not Don King, played by Richard Gant, comes out and defends a fight with Union Kane. Rocky says no. Adrian says you have to retire, Rocky. Don't, no, you're basically dying. No, do it. They then go back to their uh, rich ass house in the butt ass Philadelphia. Um, we learn three key things here when I go back to the states here. Rocky's son is a little pervert who draws his hot French teacher naked. Yeah. <laughs> the Balboa's oh, yeah. account. Thank you, Shane. The Balboa's <laughs> account lost all their money after Polly gave him the power of attorney signature or whatever they're going to throw out there. <laughs> and more importantly, Rocky kisses his son on the lips goodnight. <laughs> Can we just say that his son has aged five years? Yep. Thank you. That was one of my notes, too. <laughs> and he's still All kissing right. him on the lips? Oh, yeah. No All tongue. He kisses him harder now. <laughs> no <laughs> tongue, no shame. Tongues for two or in younger. <laughs> no wonder later why on, his son in Balboa is a dick. <laughs> later on, I th- later on when they're talking, like to reconcile, I think Rocky tries to make out with him, but I don't hold me to that. Um, no dad no more <laughs> I'm getting my ear pierced yeah. <laughs> alright so now they're broke the Balboa family moves back to a shitty ass neighborhood Rocky opens up Mickey's old gym I guess because Mickey gave it to his son uh, whatever uh, while his creepy son now has to go, go to a non-rich school where he gets bullied tough life cracker <laughs> All right, um, not Don King, or again, George Washington, a Duke played by him, continues to pressure Rocky into fighting. Uh, Rocky or Adrian keeps saying no, and then they move on. But then Rocky meets Tommy Gunn, played by Tommy Morrison. Tommy wants to fight, become just like Rocky. Supposedly, he traveled all the way from Oklahoma to shitty-ass Philly to see him. Rocky agrees to be his manager and trainer by the power of Mickey in the boxing glove chain that Mickey gave to Rocky that was from Rocky Marciano that I just realized is not from the previous movies, but they have a flashback of the ghost of Mickey showing this for (laughs) 10 minutes. I don't know. While neglecting his son continuously, Rocky trains Tommy, who begins to murder people in the ring, basically until Don King gets into Tommy's head gets in his head to let him be his manager. Tommy then eventually chooses Don King as his manager, 
with with the thought that Rocky is holding him back for a title fight still after like 20 fights, which is nuts. So I'm with Tommy on this one. But anyways, <laughs> we'll, and we'll also be in Rocky's shadow forever. Rocky's son learns to fight, I guess, and conquers his bully and then confronts his dad during a dinner for being an asshole. Um, which uh, some and he's got an earring that uh, is on the left side. I thought it was on the right side in the first, but it's not. <laughs> so back in back in that time, it could be a little bit of a sign. But anyways, Tommy tells Tommy that night on Christmas tells Rocky that he's gone, and then Rocky gets upset. Rocky and his son, I guess, become tight again after talking to each other while Rocky tries to kiss him, but his son says, "No, stop it, silly." Um, <laughs> Then all the Bal- 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 Balboa family, excuse me, is sitting I in their basement. You said Baldwin family. <laughs> Baldwin family. Uh, sorry, the Balboa family is sitting in their basement watching the heavyweight fight between Tommy Gunn and Union Kane. Tommy wins easily, but during the press con- conference, everyone in the crowd boos him, or before the press conference, everyone boos him and chants Rocky because he, he uh, said no more to Rocky. The media in the press conference says it's all fixed and Tommy is nothing without Rocky. The Tommy, the high head as he is, gets mad and then wants to fight Rocky. With this being said, Rocky then goes to confront Rocky at a local bar while he's drinking a poly. Shocker. They end, up, <laughs> they end up street fighting or some shit and Rocky wins and also punches not Don King in the head. Ding, ding. There is the bell. I'm going to sue you. Touch me and I'll sue you. What are you going to sue for, huh? <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> how come I how come I get the worst the ass end of all the franchises? You got the first one, the best one, now you get the worst one. I'm sorry, bud. Creed yeah. took Balboa in this movie and made it good. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, and in a way, like I the the best part about this, I do like the Rocky and him training Tommy thing. The the kid Plot is the stupidest thing of all time. His kid's kind of a little piece of shit. I don't know. I just don't like him. With a spoiled brat. What else? I'm, anybody else have to say on this? Any like? I know, I know Shane didn't watch it. Uh, Corey or Ronnie, what's your what's like your first reaction? Because I'm assuming this is also your first time watching it. Oh, I've seen this movie a few times, unfortunately, but I got a lot to say about this movie. So okay, we talked yeah. about yeah Robert, who is Rocky's son, getting bullied right now that they're in the mean streets of Philly. Yeah. Do you notice who he gets bullied by? So, oh, I remember. okay, so at first I thought it was the kid from Big. The, Josh Baskin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was it's, him. You got that name just just ready? Oh, I got that just, one in my back pocket. Just bro. right? Jesus. Yeah, it's it's Tom Hanks' friend in, uh, right, in uh, Big. Tom Hanks bullies him? He's getting bullied by actor Kevin Connolly, famous oh, from Wasted oh, Potential. Holy shit, okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, famous Wasted Potential episode, John Q. He's the little friendly nurse guy. Hey, someone listens to our podcast. I'm the one. Yeah. Okay. That's one of our better ones, too. It's a fun fact. You know, okay, John. here's a stupid fact about that. That is one of our most downloaded episodes, and I have no fucking idea why. A lot of John Q fans I know why, there. because everyone's like, I remember seeing John Q once back in the day in theaters. Uh, I can tell you guys why. So there's kind of a secret to podcasting with movies, and I break this rule all the time. Pick a movie that people fondly remember, they want to hear about, Sometimes they watch every few years, but no one talks about in like mm. popular movie podcasts. Yeah. So Rocky Five. Rocky Five. In my case, <laughs> exactly. that was Baby's Day Out. 
That's funny. Maybe should have been aborted. We need to do Lost in Space again. No. (laughs) Oh my god. Not going back to Lost in Space. That was. I've never seen. I've never seen that movie. You shouldn't. I said that people fondly remember Shane. (laughs) (laughs) I remember Matt LeBlanc. (laughs) I remember Jar Jar Binks. And his action hero debut. Um, Rocky Five. Yeah. Rocky Five. The first 25 minutes of this movie are actually, in my opinion, pretty great. Now, they're not great enough to save the movie, though. You know, Rocky comes back from Russia, and there's a, there's a few really personal moments in this movie that kind of call back to the first two. And one is like the after effects of that fight. Mm-hmm. Rocky is fucked up. And like not just physically, he tells Adrian, he has a really good scene with her. He says like, Rocky. How's it every- Everybody doing out there? Everybody, oh, everything's okay. What's wrong? Remember when Mick said when he was fighting, sometimes he fights so hard that he was thinking that he broke something inside and he was gonna die. And that's what he said. That's when the angels was pulling on him. I don't, I don't, it's wrong. I can't. I can't, I can't stop my hands from shaking. You know, I like the way he's dealing with that and the trauma of it, and their life starts getting hard again because, of course, Polly fucks them over somehow. <laughs> oh my god. Jesus fucking Investing Christ. their money or taxes or some shit. He, yeah. So, like, the actual, I kind of skipped over because it's kind of stupid, but Paul, so when they're in Russia, his accountant asked, "Hey, can you have Rocky sign over the power of attorney? Um, so, like, I, I can do, so I can handle his money more, do some like investment things." And Polly being like, "Yeah, we're in Russia, sure, here you go." So he agrees to do a power of attorney, which basically gives him uh, all power for all financials and sign off for anything. So his accountant basically invested all Rocky's money, which he put all Rocky's a dumbass for putting all of his money into one thing. <laughs> the accountant like put all the money in the real estate investment but went sour and then went broke and so then Rocky all of his money's gone oh shit he invested in crypto <laughs> yeah he went down with FTX too yeah and, and the, the Trump to NFTs yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was Dogecoin it's a sure thing mm-hmm. yeah so wait Polly. Polly signed the power of attorney. Uh, I he, Paul. This way I don't get because power of attorney you need the actual approval. Yeah, like the person. But, so for power of attorney, the actual form you need to have uh, both parties and also the spouse to sign for it. So I don't know what that was a gray area there. How Polly approved of that? But I thought whatever, the guy told matter. Polly it's for something for taxes. So so Polly told Rocky to sign it because there's a, a tax thing. But I don't remember. If oh, he's always oh, he said it's like a tax extension, but. Why would you think that doesn't matter at all? And supposedly... Uh, well, Rocky can't read, yeah, so that, yeah. that's true. Well, and supposedly he hasn't paid taxes in years, so that's another dumbass. Classic. Yeah, so. Classic boxer. What's mm-hmm. the snipes? Paying their taxes. <laughs> but it's dumb. They throw it on the rug, and that's it. Just like giving the... Like Mickey giving the boxing gym in the name of uh, his son. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, but I think the best moment of the whole Rocky franchise... Is in Rocky Five. Oh my God! Okay, see, this is why I asked you. I want to know your opinion here. I like this. <laughs> Rocky's flashback to Mickey. You know, oh Rocky's like he's lost everything. He's back in Philly. They're kind of living in some like broke ass ghetto house. But Rocky's still popular. You know, people still like him. They come say hi to him all the time. But his life 
on his own isn't going very well. And Mickey's gym is now closed. And he goes mm-hmm. back to Mickey's gym. And there's a flashback of Mickey training Rocky for one of the Apollo fights. We don't know which one. And it's like really heartfelt, like the words of wisdom that he gives to Rocky. And he, and he kind of really expresses without as much anger as we're accustomed to seeing, like how much he really cares about Rocky and why Mickey is doing this. Like, why is he training him? And it's because of his, mm-hmm. his connection to this person. And very interesting. I didn't learn this until later, but this speech that he gives to Rocky, part of it was taken, a majority of it was taken mm-hmm. from Mike Tyson's trainer, who said this on some interview about Tyson, mm-hmm. about why he's staying around, meaning like, why hasn't he died yet? And it's because Tyson is giving him a reason to go on. And that's what Mickey expresses about Rocky. It's mm-hmm. really beautiful. The music from Bill Conti is really great in this movie. More on that in the next movie, but... You know, kid, I know how you feel about this fight that's coming up. Because I was young once, too. Well, if he wasn't here, he, I probably wouldn't be alive today. The fact that you're here and doing as well as you're doing gives me, what do you call it, a motivation, huh, to stay alive? Because I think that people die sometimes when they don't want to live no more. And nature is smarter than people. Think little by little, we lose our friends, we lose everything, we keep losing and losing till we say, you know, what the hell am I living around here for? I got no reason to go on. But with you, kid, boy, I got a reason to go on. And I'm going to stay alive. And I will watch you make good. And I'll never leave you. And I'll never leave you until that happens. Because when I leave you, you'll not only know how to fight, you'll be able to take care of yourself outside the ring, too. Is that okay? Now, I got a little gift for you. Oh, man. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. This is the favorite thing that I have on this earth. And Rocky Marciano, give me that. You know what it was? His cufflink. Huh? And now I'm giving it to you. Like an angel on your shoulder, see? And you feel that you're going down. This little angel is going to whisper in your ear. He's going to say, Get up, you son of a bitch! I really like that scene. But after that scene, the whole movie falls apart. (laughs) I think the character of Mickey was based off of Tyson's trainer. No. No, No, because it's too early. Yeah. Yeah. But he is very similar. Like, uh, they're uh, kind of similar. No, Tyson's Tyson's trainer, like, he he was kind of, I don't want to say piece of shit, but Tyson's trainer, like, like, it's crazy. Distilled. The mindset into Tyson's mind that like you need to murder them like you're you're the best like nothing else like you need to murder them in the ring like he's like just still like you're the like which is I guess good and bad for a fighter but like some of the things I can't remember on top of my head but like some of the things Tyson's even said this in interviews that like you can't tell this you can't tell this to a 13 year old or a 14 year old like that, that just ruined me for like life like his mindset was just to murder and that's it just fight 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 that's it in life. Mickey just instilled into Rocky that he was a bum. <laughs> well, that was the effect. Yeah. yeah, well, like, the, like that mentality is good in a ring, but Tyson took it to every facet of his life is to murder and punish oh, people. Oh, and Tyson, Tyson was doing, like, hard drugs at 13, at the same age, too, as he started boxing, too, when he's so young. So, like, that concoction is nuts. Yeah. 
They're doing yeah, a Tyson's like a street kid turned lethal, which is like a scary <sighs> prospect, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh God. Uh, but do I, I do agree with you, Corey, but like I was so confused. I thought that was an actual scene from the fourth one. I just don't remember because I didn't rewatch it. No, they or like didn't. at some point, like I thought that they showed that again, like a flashback. Like they would have fit well in the fourth. I wish they would have done that instead of a montage. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple more facts. Um, the the actor, like I said earlier, that plays Tommy Gunn is Tommy Morrison. And you guys know who Tommy Morrison is? Mm-mm. He's a boxer. Yeah, yeah he's, an, he's, he's a legit. Boxer. He's a heavyweight champion. He like, if you like look at his fights, like on just YouTube, he was also a murderer. He just killed people. But he even beat. I think he beat Lennox Lewis, and he beat. Ray Mercer, or vice versa. It doesn't matter. Um, or no, he beat George Moore, I think it was. It doesn't matter. But he's got a little bit of a tragic story, though, to him. Uh, maybe, do you guys know, like, or Corey, do you know his backstory at all? No, what is it? He boxed for a while, obviously, a heavyweight champion for a brief moment, and then he actually got HIV, and he couldn't box anymore. And then from there, it became, like, a downworld, like, spurl. He, like, went to prison... Uh, one of the hard drugs, and then like he died in two thousand, early two thousands, I think it was, like very young. It just like at the height of his career, he's boxing, he was getting better, got the Rocky uh, acting gig, and then from after the Rocky gig, Rocky gig, he like was was excelling in boxing, became again became heavyweight champion, and then just got AIDS or got HIV and AIDS. So it's kind of a sad story for him. That is down. sad. And mm-hmm. I was just about to make fun of him for being the worst actor in the movie by far. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Hey, you know, maybe you want to give this thing back, you know, Tom? And <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were going to say that. Give it back? Why? I mean, the guy likes the way I fight. I mean, the guy was just talking about getting a shot. Rock, when are you going to wake up, man? We're watching the parade go by. Man, the way I'm going, I'm not going to get a shot at the title for a long time. Oh, this is time. Man, I've got a perfect record. I'm 22 and 0. Where's the money? Where? Man, we haven't made any serious money yet. And we won't without the man. Man, I ain't you. And you ain't Mick. Man, when are you going to understand that? When are you going to understand this is a business? And a business you need... What, you need... brains? Is you said you... that, not Is that what you're saying? You're saying I got no brains? Look, Rocky, you took me as far as you could, but Duke gave me my title shot. You didn't. And if you want to keep training me, then do it. But if you don't, don't. But it's my way, it's the highway. Well, he was a great boxer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a great actor. <laughs> it took me three attempts to get through this movie, so I'm gonna start this off with a. And then my only other my only other comment is they all got worse as actors in this film, like Polly's even worse. Like uh, Adrian's just screaming, and Stallone's like just his like heartfelt monologue. I think are just like awful in this so i don't know what what went wrong behind the scene even though they brought back the original director oscar winner that's it that's what we're wrong john g alvinson one of an oscar for best picture for rocking went on to do karate kid movies and then came back for this one and this one's weird (laughs) he took what he learned from the karate kid (laughs) well adrian just looks bad though too i feel like the actress Oh, she's older. It's been what? Is it? It's twenty years. No, I don't think so. Yeah, this is nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety seventy-seven. Yeah. Well, it's only. I guess it's only set like thirteen, fourteen years. Oh, but see. yeah, she looked bad. I think she's not. She, I think she was in the end. And then Polly would just. I think Polly off. I, I think he was an actual drunk in real life though too. Uh, <laughs> narrative. So yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I know, right? He played himself. 
What's the failing of this movie to you, Ronnie? Uh, children. I I children. All the all the uh, riveting. All the Rocky Junior stuff is like grating to me and like obnoxious. It it. What I will give it, it it does help with Rocky Balboa, and kind of builds off of the fact that Rocky's a terrible fucking father. But I don't know it. The, the teen stuff is so whiny, like like a him and Jewel going, oh, like oh, you're popular. That's not your boyfriend. It feels very like Karate Kid. Actually, I, I, I think you're actually right. He took what he he got from Karate Kid <laughs> and yeah. brought it over to Rocky Five, and it, it feels very just you know 80s kids kind of movie but then it also tries to tackle the bigger themes of like you know legacy and stuff but i also think just like the need to have rocky and um tony morrison the the author do a a a street brawl at the end just feels super fucking goofy like the the tonal balance is strange to me tony more the the she's like a black woman right yes (laughs) (laughs) my literary joke for the day dude that's a good one (laughs) i know why the caged bird sings it's because she saw rocky five he had the bluest eye (laughs) i think that's tony morrison i might be wrong on that but (laughs) (laughs) no one reads on this podcast you're fine for a second, I thought Van Morrison was uh, the boxer. No, <laughs> no I'm girl. <laughs> Who was also a drunk. <laughs> hey, full circle. I have a friend who saw Van Morrison live, and they got their money back because he couldn't walk on stage because he was so drunk, and he couldn't remember the words <laughs> Dude, to the he's song. also old as fuck. <laughs> he was literally <laughs> mumbling, just like... <laughs> we paid for Ozzy like, Osbourne okay. many times. <laughs> Ozzy's a, Ozzy's the goat though. You expect that out of Ozzy, Van <laughs> Morrison. <laughs> Rocky Five ends with a fight that's very different than the other movies. Yeah, right. It's a street fight. Mm-hmm. So wow. this is not a boxing match. Tommy Gunn just wants to prove that he can beat Rocky, even though Tommy Gunn is really on top of the world. Like he's the heavyweight champion. He's making all the money. He's got the ladies. He's got everything that you think he would want, but he doesn't have the respect of the fans because he's not a people's champion like Rocky. Well, he, so, I, I, exactly. And he, and he, he, he or he, he fired Rocky and he's a people's champ. So then it's like, Oh, you fired Rocky. What the fuck? We all love him. So he feels the need to beat the shit out of Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of calling back to the first movie. Rocky is not just a boxer. He's like kind of like a street tough. So he does like weird street fight moves. against oh my God. He puts him like in a headlock and almost like drops. Him. Like we do you pluck his eyes out. <laughs> yeah, like Tommy Gunn will like rush Rocky, and Ro- Rocky can like do this like leg sweep. Yeah, yeah. like that's like Johnny. his go-to move. Yeah, <laughs> he just like reverts back to his loan shark days. So like, you owe me money. Yeah, <laughs> or I feel like I feel like Tommy does like more of af- af- athletic like like football, like just tackle and get him on the ground, try to put. Yeah, kind of thing. That's what I think his moves are. But of course, Rocky does win that fight, and you know it, it's kind of entertaining that fight, but it just doesn't quite feel the same. You know, I appreciate that they tried to do something different with Rocky's final fight cuz he's done four boxing matches mm-hmm. at the end of the movies up to this point. <clears throat> so it it's okay for that, but just the movie, it doesn't maintain. It doesn't no. Doesn't come together the way it should. No, I think yeah. the tonal things cuz like uh, I think you're right, Corey, like there's moments when like when um Bob when Rocky's shaking and Adrian's begging him to go to a hospital. Those are like oh, yeah. really intense kind of like oh, it's 
those are good character moments with them the silliness with the kids and then the end brawl fight and then just like i the, the scene i had to like i was like almost laughing was when um morrison wins the fight and they're all just like bullying him you're not a champ you suck doing like the absolutely like, most like philadelphia thing ever just kind of berating someone who just won uh, a boxing match and just talking shit about him only a philly fan could boo the winner yeah <laughs> <laughs> the home team winning yep <laughs> you're a bum <laughs> But I don't have anything else to say about Rocky Five. Um, Corey, you seem a little more kind of positive about the film than the rest of us. I mean, I'm positive to an extent, but it's by far the worst Rocky movie of the franchise. <laughs> it's it just doesn't come together with the whole Tommy Gunn story, and you know, it's like you see what they're trying to do, right? Yeah. Rocky's family is becoming uh, kind of fragmented and disconnected because Rocky's spending so much time in this new endeavor, being a trainer. And so his son's getting into trouble, and he's got to, like, make that work. The one positive thing I'll say about that is the um, Rocky relationship, no pun intended, with his son Robert (laughs) carries over, right? It maintains. It starts early, starts in this movie, and we see it pop up a couple times as a plot point. So Mm -hmm. that's all I got. But how would—so I have a question, like, or how how would you guys—I feel like what they did, the original—like, make this movie not a boxing movie— at all and just have the make this movie about the after effects of that fight with the against the against communism and just not have boxing a part of it and raw rocky's trying he's finding the urge to get back in but he's in a one-two and it's like him like dealing with the effects and it just throughout the whole tommy gun thing it just have him just be miserable and almost dead and he's trying to father someone finally i feel like that would be a better movie Without Don King popping up with his stupid fucking extreme close-ups. God damn it. Fucking fuck Don King anyways. Yeah. I think the story is there. I just think the the script and just like the pacing and the tones is the issue of it. Because at first I didn't hate it. And then I kept falling asleep on this one. This is the one that kept just knocking me out. <laughs> I kept going like like passing out of this film in like, like, like the second half of the film. Yeah. It progressively got worse. But anything else to add, Dan, before you go on? I don't care. I'm I'm done talking about this movie. <laughs> it, it it doesn't it doesn't it, the Balboa is better. That's all. Like, Bal, I, I I again I did, I never watched Balboa. Only one I haven't seen, and I watched Balboa right after this one. So this one, I'm like I don't really want to talk about it anymore. I want to talk about Balboa. <laughs> it's a it's a better palate cleanser, honestly. Balboa, yeah. whether you've seen it or not, you know what it is. It's not about how hard you can watch it, but how hard you can keep watching. <laughs> keep moving keep forward. How many times are you going to watch Rocky Five and keep watching? Not no all more. the Rockies are sunshine and rainbows, fellas. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something you already know. <laughs> A little bit behind the scenes, and then I'll let Corey take it away. When I was Before I was deciding who would get at random, who would get the films here, I asked Corey, is there any ones you want? And Corey requested... Rocky Balboa, so I feel like yeah. you got a, a fun fondness for it. Before you dive in, though, Corey, one of us here is a little bitch and hates this movie. I think you can guess who it is <laughs> by their tone of the film. Oh, yeah, you texted in the chat, you fucking... No, sorry, never mind. <laughs> is that me? You hate Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I don't really... I remember it being boring. That's what I remember. I remember his son being a prick... <laughs> I remember <laughs> he has a failing restaurant that no one ever goes to. Just keep going. And, and oh, then yeah. I remember he gives the speech. 
Okay. And he wears a top hat. Okay. You're shaking out of here. Corey, take it away and tell us about Rocky Six, a.k.a. Rocky Balboa. You can cut this out if you want, but are you going to give us a question before we transition? Um, I have a about question. Five, yeah. If um, we're at like two hours already, and I feel like Creed and Creed Two, and this one will have a little more conversation. I, I'll bring it back if we have need to talk more. I think we're. I think I have a. We'll just do it quick if you want to. I, I like your... the questions. Yeah, 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 come yeah, on. Just, yeah, just, yeah, come on, come hey, on. Funny, fuck you a guys. fucking question. Well, <laughs> you might not have an answer ready, so maybe I'll go first. Let you guys think of this. What's your favorite movie franchise that that an, like an, an old actor comes back? many years later for a sequel or a reboot. Um, I know it's a little controversial, Mm. but I think this is like a nostalgia thing. I really enjoyed Han Solo coming back in The Force Awakens, and he was kind of my favorite parts of that movie in itself, and you know, seeing Harrison Ford actually give a shit. Uh, Also, I guess under the Harrison Ford thing, I also liked him coming back in um, Blade Runner 2048 or 2049. So I think I just have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for Harrison Ford when he actually used to act. So th- that's my question is like, what's your favorite kind of franchise where mm. an old actor, an old character comes back after a number of years? I think you stole Corey's already. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> ah, fucking A. Top Gun's good. Top Gun Maverick's just fine. Top Gun Maverick kicked ass. <laughs> mm. And it was 30 years, so that's a good kind of like late sequel. It's yeah. a good answer, Shane. Good job. Proud of you. It's been 40 years. <laughs> I got a controversial actor for this podcast. Actually, it's not even an actor. It's a group of actors. Mm-hmm. And I think we all should get together for Big Dumb Movie for this one. <laughs> you guys talked about a movie once upon a time called The Expendables. Yeah, me and my buddy oh. Me and my buddy Oh, shit, yeah. The ago. Expendables brought back... A lot of old school action heroes. Mm-hmm. Some old school, actually. I mean, Jason Statham was still pretty relevant, but obviously this actor, Sylvester Stallone, came back. Rocky IV, Dolph Lundgren came back. Mm-hmm. You know, we get a few other people that we're kind of familiar with in that movie. And that movie, I think, is fine. It's okay. The movie I like is The Expendables 2. <laughs> that movie is fucking batshit. Yeah, fucking action boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> the... The Expendables 2 goes all out, and that's really, I think, why that one surpasses the first one. It brings back a lot of old-school actors, and this one's Jean-Claude Van Damme, right? Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a bigger role. Bruce Willis plays a bigger role. Chuck Norris shows up, makes Chuck Norris (laughs) jokes, kills everyone, and then leaves. Uh, (laughs) There's some, like, tongue-in-cheek 80s cheese R-rated beauty in The Expendables 2, so seeing these old fucks get together for this uh, really tickled me. Doesn't it have MMA fighters? It has, that, um, yeah. Is that the, it has Ronda Rousey, years. right? That, this is the third one, right? Or no, no, it has Randy Couture. Yeah, he's in Couture. the first one. Oh. And then the third one has Mel Gibson, Antonio Banderas, and I think Ronda Rousey. There's a third one? The third one is horrible. There's a fourth yeah. one in the making. Oh, good. Well. My buddy Eric loves those Expendables films, and he keeps saying, like, can we do two? I'm like... No, <laughs> you're not going to do too. <laughs> yeah. But if Corey wants to do it, then <laughs> for a much larger podcast than us, we can make an exception. Yeah, we'll make an exception. <laughs> oh, Eric has a podcast. No, 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 no. no I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh shit, Corey comes full swinging at even random people. I love it. Does he have a voice? Yeah, yeah the... fuck Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn, he's nah, he's cool. He's cool. He's cool. He's a, that was a good pod. He's a loyal fan, actually. So, okay. Uh, but Dan, do you have a favorite old man? <laughs> That's why I have to insult him. 
Yeah, I can't think of one right now. You might have to skip me or I'll, or I'll say one later. Yeah, no problem. Corey, are you ready to take it away? So I'm going to go off script on this one. You know, I'm, I'm going to talk from the heart because I think this movie has a lot of heart. This movie is called Rocky Balboa. So it, it breaks the mold immediately just in the title. This is not Rocky Six with a Roman numeral, right? They kind of change things immediately. This movie came out in 2006. Rocky V came out in two... No, it came out in 1990. Yeah. So, you know, there's a pretty long gap here. Sylvester Stallone is old, obviously. Rocky is old. <laughs> That's the point of this movie. There was a lot of dismissal just out of hand when this movie was coming out. Like, oh, he's this old and he's doing Rocky again? Yeah, that's the plot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so if, if that's your complaint, that's the plot of the movie. So that is invalid on its face. But this movie is kind of similar to the first one, in my opinion, in that it's thoughtful. And that it's about the character, where this guy is at in life at the age of... 65 or however old he is right he's obviously very much older and immediately we learn that adrian has passed and that's kind of where the tone kicks in early on this movie is somber and it's a lot of rocky kind of reminiscing sometimes with flashbacks sometimes with monologues uh, but very often we're just following him and kind of his day-to-day and the things that he's nostalgic for that I think Rocky fans are also nostalgic for. And that's kind of the point of the restaurant he opens up, Adrian's. You know, he has all his boxing memorabilia up, and he kind of tells people stories about his boxing days, and people come here for that. And I think that would be a great concept in reality, like if there was a place that does that. Maybe there is. Maybe there's some famous athlete that does that. But I I think there's something about that that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This one follows kind of a, a different path. You know, he's not a boxer anymore. He's been retired for a long time. Uh, but something happens that's kind of the inciting incident here based on what I believe is a real series of events. And that is uh, a computer-generated fight. <laughs> and I think it was called the Super Fight in reality with Muhammad Ali and Rocky Marciano, mm-hmm. where a computer determined who would win in an actual fight between these two legends that are no longer on kind of on the same level in terms of age. That happens with Rocky and the current heavyweight champion. They say, would this guy be able to beat Rocky in his prime? The computer says no, and it kind of gets the ball rolling with Rocky's journey. At the same time, he's kind of contemplating life. He's reconnecting with people from his past. And eventually he decides he wants to get back into boxing. And the current heavyweight champions people come to rocky and they say you should fight this guy so there's an exhibition match this is not a championship match it's an exhibition it's for show it's for the money and it's to get notoriety for the current champion who's mason the line dixon balboa agrees to fight him and they have to date the single best boxing match in all of the rocky movies it's wholly unique in that it looks like a pay-per-view match The cameras change. The way that it looks is like you're watching this on pay-per-view. The lighting fits. The announcers fit. The camera angles fit. And Rocky, going back to the first movie, at his old age, manages to go the distance. And that's really what Mm -hmm. it's all about for him. right? That's really what it's always been about. Can he still do this? Can he go all the way? And it's, uh, it's really Rocky's superpower underlined. 
which is his indomitable will. That's always been Rocky's superpower, not necessarily the specific training he takes or his inherent skill set. And, uh, you know, it, it ends on a peaceful note with him visiting Adrian's grave and saying some kind words. And I think he says, you know, Adrian, we did it, and kind of walks away into the sunset. Rocky Six, my opinion, beautiful movie. Great use of uh, saturation in the camera to kind of give it a different feel from the previous movies. The way the colors look, I think, are really great. And a great use of that really sad score by Bill Conti. Mm -hmm. They go with like the kind of the sad piano Rocky theme in a lot of cases, and I think it works wonderfully. Well, Corey, that was a beautiful synopsis from the heart. I think giving, you know, giving the flowers to... Rocky Balboa is a, mm-hmm. you know, is, is a is a character, is a franchise. Shane, how are you gonna shit on this film after Corey just poured his heart out? <laughs> Do it. It's not enough montages, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, can I say one point? I love how I'm like, starting the... to remember this film a little bit because wasn't the boxer he fought like a legitimate like champion like in real life? It was a he's like a famous. Wasn't it Shane Mosley or something like that? Uh, no, kind of following the uh, you know Rocky Six, the the guy that he fights is an actual boxer, mm-hmm. but is Antonio uh, Tarver. Antoine or a- Antonio Tarver? Yeah, something uh, like that. Where is it? My notes. Yeah, it's on there. But right. yeah, it's, 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 yeah, he's not a up and he's not a big he, up and pointer. But where's my yeah? He he's a boxer though, right? Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a yeah, he's a professional Tarver boxer. Sounds very yeah. familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll say one thing. I love how the three of us, excluding Corey, read off something and make it like sarcastic and funny. And then Corey like just goes from the heart for both his reviews and his synopsis and makes ours just look like pieces of shit. Get him out of here. He's a bum. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why they have more views and listens and followers. (laughs) Ours includes racism and all this. Watch out. We yep. keep throwing that R word around. <laughs> well, I got a special spot for this movie, right? So that's why I'm, I'm a little bit nicer on this one, and I kind of went more off script on this one than Rocky Three. But, you know, I, I just think this, to me, is like the peak Rocky movie. I, obviously, there's a lot of good Rocky movies, but this one, I don't know. It, every movie, I think, if you like it, it's because it hits something personal. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rocky's journey, you know, it just pulled at my heartstrings in the very right way. His conflict with himself with the loss of Adrian and kind of what he's doing now and his conflict with his son who kind of carried over from five, you know, they have, they have an estranged relationship because his son is really just referred to by everyone he knows all the time as little Rocky, Mm -hmm. everyone he sees in his life just references his father and that's got to fucking suck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think what's what, this isn't like the most fun Rocky movie, but I think it's what's excellent because you mentioned Corey. It's like it's like Stallone's old. Why is he doing this? But that perfectly plays into the themes of being an underdog and, and Rocky being the underdog, and him like I, I I remember you mentioned this or Dan mentioned this at the end of the film when he's walking out, he's not even listening to the 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 actual fight being called, the actual decision. He doesn't care because Rocky himself. He accomplished his goal, proving he can he can do one more bout in the ring. He's not fully washed up, which ties back to Rocky Four mm-hmm. with a Creed wanting to have one more bout in the ring. It ties back into the Rockies, and this is Stallone directed, Stallone written. So it comes from like a 
a sincere, honest place. And then I think this is the peak Stallone monologues where he actually breaks down and feels authentically cries in mm-hmm. front of Polly, who's an asshole. But Polly, you know, lets him <laughs> have his moment there. He has those great monologues with like fucking Adrian's grave. And then obviously, I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. it and give it back to you, Corey, but then the famous Rocky Balboa, uh, How Hard You Get Hit speech comes up. It's full of excellent monologues. Shane, that's one you at least remember, right? It's not about how hard you can hit. <laughs> he jizzes over that thing every night. Keep going. Move forward. <laughs> oh, man. There's that a- that one is played over everything. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. And it's usually like out of context. But in terms of the story, mm-hmm. it's Rocky's son basically saying, like, don't do this fight. It's going to make my life very difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rocky says... Basically, in so many words, like, stop being a little bitch. Yep. <laughs> I was thinking the I same remember thing. that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, living with you, it hasn't been easy. People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Oh, what, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself, and this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only gonna end up bad for you, and it's gonna end up bad for me. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that that people are making you out to be a joke, and that I'm gonna be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son. You're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. It's it's a perfect speech for that because it's the the dialogue is Stallone, so it's not elevated like lofty dialogue. It's perfect for Rocky. It uses the the terminology, the words, the cadence of Rocky perfectly because it's not like he says anything, you know, mind blowing. But it's it's his performance, how he says it, and talking to his son is. It works perfectly. It's an overused like clip and it's really annoying when people take like inception music and put it in the background to kind of ruin it too. Because like you said, yeah, like you said Corey, that the Bill Conti like music perfectly kind of, you know, plays in the background of it and swells the good time. So it's it's cheesy and it's kind of silly, but I think it's an excellent tie in to Rocky himself and the legacy of Rocky. Yeah, it, like like you said, Corey and LC Ron, like it, it's going back to basics, baby. Like it it goes back to the foundation of why Rocky originally was the first movie was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I a couple of things to note on my notes is that this uh, you kind of mentioned it briefly, Corey's like the scene where um they go back to the old icing rink 
And every year, Rocky just goes there and just cries. And Polly's like, "I'm done with this shit. I'm tired of doing it." And he's like, like I, if, if, and Polly finally admits that he's a he's, he's a shitty ass brother. And then like Rocky does like the best response, but but he's like, but she still loved you like all it's it's it hits hard like it it's just all this build up for so many years. How long are we staying here? Not long. Well, I'm glad they tore this ice rink down. Come on. You heard me. I'm happy they tore it apart. First time I walked your sister across this ice, we was over there. She was nervous, but I weren't so great on the blades either. Ice is stupid. People standing on ice are more stupid. Then over there, where she was falling, my hand grabbed her, and I got her arm through that coat I could feel. Electric. You said the same thing last year, Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Come on, Rock, let's go. We're done. There's no place to sit down around here. Ah, oh, it's all right. It ain't all right. It's depressing and freaking cold. What's the matter with you, Polly? You're living backwards, Rocco. Change the channel from yesterday. Yesterday wasn't so great. It was to me. Not to me. You treated her good. You had the good times. I treated her bad. I don't have to think about this. She always loved you, Polly. Sorry, Rocco. I can't do this no more. And then finally, I thought, I thought we were done with Polly. Uh, <laughs> when we when he was walking away after you, after you came in after you got fired. I'm like, thank God he's gone, thank God. But then he fucking appears uh, before the bot, before they're about to fight. But then he makes a good little comment, and he's like, "Like Rocky, uh, this is your chance to get rid of everything that." Oh, not the actual phrasing, but he's like, "Get rid of stuff all the in black. the basement." Yeah, yeah, stuff in the basement. Get rid of it. Finally, I'm like, I'm like, okay, finally, Polly has like a okay, like sentimental moment, like that actually helps Rocky. He actually helps Rocky with one thing in his life. So Polly, yeah, he has that great scene when he talks about Adrian, when he's like, we got to stop revisiting uh, the memories we share of Adrian because I know I treated her bad and I don't want to confront that. But then like, so you're like, okay, this is kind of a, a nice take on Polly being a little bit older and reflective now that Adrian's gone. But before the fight, he approaches Rocky. He's like, hey, I figured out a way I can make some money for marketing the box. Oh, that's matches. right. Yeah, before that. Exactly. And Rocky's like, Rocky's like, yeah, go ahead. Fine. It's actually like, he actually interrupts that nice speech between him and him son and say, Hey Rock, can I sell you much? And he's like, Yeah, sure, whatever, I don't care. But it's All right, so Paul, just do it. Just hopefully you die soon. <laughs> you fucking leech piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, and also I, I love that you, you brought a big ass piece of meat on the table of the bar, and whatever happened to that piece of meat, I don't know. He just left it there. He doesn't walk away with it. It's meat gate. Meat gate. Keep the change. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Rocky goes back to beating his meat. I thought he just had so much brain damage. He's paying people with meat now and doesn't even yeah. know. <laughs> uh, and then I'll say one more thing uh, before I pass off to someone else. But the, the fact that this was an ex exhibition, they didn't make this like an actual, like, uh, the boxer, like, oh, like, he wants to fight Rocky because after that thing. But the fact that they made it an actual expedition makes it so much better. Like, if they made it, like, this whole, like, championship, here's the belt, it'd be so stupid. Mm -hmm. Right, because two is for the championship. Mm -hmm. 
three is to kind of show that he is worthy of being the champion and regain it. Four is the fate of the world in terms of nuclear war, right? (laughs) (laughs) And this one is an exhibition to see if he can go the distance. It's like, good, let's calm down a little bit. Like, again, like like the old family guy joke, the only next step is aliens, right? (laughs) I mean, the last exhibition fight he did went haywire with Hulk Hogan, so this was better. Well, it's like going back to basics. Like in the first one, all he wants to do is prove himself. And the same thing for here. All he wants to do is just show that he's still got it and prove himself more than anybody else. But just, it's, it's, I agree with you, Corey. I'm on the same page with you. This probably is the best Rocky movie or probably one of my favorites. One in this one are up there, though, too. Um, Hell Creed, yeah. Creed, but Creed, I put it kind of on a different, like, side thing. Because again, it's I think it was a different movie. movie. Ronnie, what do you think about the the fight in this one? Do you appreciate it as much as I do in terms of the realism and the choreography? Mm. No, well, like it's you said it perfectly though. It feels like a pay per view fight, and I don't think it's the the best one, but I think it's the best at kind of capturing what it feels to be kind of like an onlooker at a boxing match. It feels authentic, like you said. The commentators, like the the granny, and, and kind of like the the like the flow of the camera. So it definitely feels like a a boxing match and when we get to creed we'll talk about the the fights in there probably how those are way different choreo like choreographed at least one of them is but no it's it's exciting it's good and even though it's kind of silly that like this old man's fighting this young guy and can even hold a candle to him but i think this is the one where they kind of say it's similar to rocky 2 we're like um we're uh we're mason the line dixon which is a silly name uh, basically, he's he's being kind of like spoon-fed easy targets because isn't there like a, a scene where he's at like a, a press conference and they're also like bullying him too? The, oh the my world god, the, the media is the worst in all these films. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think Stallone has a, a fondness for the media. <laughs> <laughs> Except Newsmax, he's a big fan of Newsmax. <laughs> but no, it's uh it's it's well it's well like uh, shot choreographed and like I think it's. Stallone's best directed movie, for sure. It's that's not saying a lot. I can't really think of a lot of really excellent <laughs> Stallone films, but like Stallone has a heart for Rocky, and and he, and he takes his time to build the character, his time to to build the boxing matches. Because I I can't remember on top of my head how many matches are actually in this film. Are there only one. like two? Just the one. Just mm-hmm. the one. So we don't get to see Mason Dixon fight really. Maybe just highlights, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's Which is watching, probably real yeah. footage of him. Yeah, I think uh, he's watching in his car briefly. Yeah, I think that's really about it. Yeah, so so like it, it's all about the characters. It's a it's you know it's an hour forty two, so it's not too long. So it builds up to this this big you know like exhibition match. So it it, it earns its flowers. It earns its action. It's it's excellent. I can see why someone like Shane going after the hype of Rocky Four to this one. Be like this is boring, but it's a, it's a slower, like you said, Corey. Perfectly, it's somber. It's somber and nice. Somber and sen- sentimental. Yeah, for okay, sure. uh, can I take a second to defend myself? No, no. <laughs> I, right, I'll, I'll be number there, one. Talks. Yeah. I saw Rocky Balboa when I think I was fourteen, so <laughs> that may have had a play. And while I remember it being boring, um, now I want to rewatch it. I know we're doing a podcast about Rocky. 
the franchise, and I didn't watch all the movies. There's a lot of them. Um, Shame. But I will have to revisit Rocky Balboa now. One last note about Rocky Balboa <laughs> is that some of the Rocky movies, they like to bring things back from older Rocky movies. And this one brings back the most random character that is in the first movie. Her name is Marie. So in the first movie, Rocky sees some like street kids that are up to no good. And, you know, he has a good heart. So he tries to like take one of them that he knows is a local kid and tell her like, here's why you shouldn't be hanging out with that kind of crowd and why you shouldn't be smoking at your age. She's like 13. And she basically tells him to fuck off. (laughs) But he reconnects with her in this movie as an adult. She's a bartender. And he's like, aren't you Marie? I saw you that one time when you were a kid and you told me to fuck off. (laughs) And she and him kind of develop a really nice platonic friendship. You know, she's not the in place of Adrian. She's just someone that appreciates him and he helps her out and he becomes friends with her son. And uh, it's just really nice. Not the kind of thing you see in a lot of movies where a man becomes friends with a woman. Yeah, well, it's also because who the fuck else is going to He didn't do the dentist on her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't pull the dentist. But it's also like Rocky has no one else to talk to because Polly's a piece Mm -hmm. of shit and useless. Mickey's dead. Adrian's dead. His son is distant, so... He builds this bomb with someone else who's lonely. And now talking about it, it's like she never got out of the neighborhood either. So that's kind of yeah, kind of sad in a way. But once again, if she's happy who she is, she's happy who she is. Kind of like Rocky. I'm happy being who I am. It's it's going back to what we said in the first one. Like she's feeling that she's feeling a gap that he has because his son doesn't like him, doesn't really talk to him. Adrian's gone. Always a piece of shit. Um, so, and I think it's like that daughter he never had, but he just wants to help somebody out. Cause he's, again, like we talked about, he's an innocent, nice person deep down. So this is his way of doing that. Uh, another thought I, I'm so happy it didn't turn where like he tried to fuck her. I'm like, thank <laughs> God. I'm, I'm deep down. Oh I'm like, please God. don't do it. Please don't do this. Please don't do this. What if she went to the hotel room to like give oh. him the picture of Adrian? Yeah. Yes. Like, I, thought, I thought she was like, I, I couldn't sleep either. I'm the Italian stallion. <laughs> he doesn't let her leave. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, why don't you come in and stare for a little bit? Take your glasses off. Take off that weird looking oh, hand. Hey, uh, I, can't, uh, I can't finish this bottle of wine myself. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rocky, why did you put a deadbolt on? <laughs> um, uh, and then my last thought on that is like uh, Corey, you left at a key thing there in their in their inter- interaction when he walked her home. He kept calling her a whore in the first one. Yeah, he <laughs> <laughs> said a whore like ten million times, and I thought I was hoping he would she would say, "You called me a whore, you asshole." When I was thirteen. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, which I'm like, oh, I'm like, dang, you didn't say it. Shoot. Only right. wasted potential podcast could ruin Corey's nice little speech with a, by the way, he's a rapist and he called that girl by a whore. By the way, he called her a whore. Hey, those are all things from the first movie, which is why this movie is better. <laughs> oh, good point. I like that. Okay. It's, okay. it's like Stallone is learning as a actor, as a filmmaker, <laughs> how to kind of go back, take the nostalgia, but then put it through a different lens that makes all the characters shine a little better. Even fucking Polly, even though he's a piece of shit in his final performance as Polly, he still gives him, he doesn't redeem him, but he kind of, no. you know, the character is a little dissected. Gives a little bit more light to him. Like just like the light in the, the, the Rocky fix for um, Maria. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at the <damn> symbolism. <laughs> yeah. I try once in a while, but no. Yeah, I got a question, but Corey, since this was yours, any final takes on this one? Yeah. Rocky gets a dog and runs up the steps again. So, <laughs> <laughs> and 
Special shout out to the dog's name is Punchy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst goddamn dog's name. No, what, what's worse, butt kiss or Punchy? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, lips. it's easy to remember. It's not hard to spell, which is nice. <laughs> That's, I, I, love, I love the little joke that, like, uh, the guy, uh, her, Maria's son was like, you should get Punchy as a joke. And he's like, oh, yeah, I thought it was a joke, too. It was fun. Yeah, you didn't know. Well, Rocky is so. Yeah, I love how simple Rocky is. Yeah, he's, you know, yeah, he's simple great. and he has a big heart. He's simple, simple and sincere, and he's illiterate. So, like to him, that's a it's a cute name, and we're like, fucking really? Okay, I guess. And he's been hit a lot. <laughs> so this is this. I have I have a fan theory, but we'll talk about it later. And then I have another question for you guys. How many concussions do you think he has, or what do you think his CTE <laughs> brain is at the stage? Rocky would have died twenty years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like worse than Aaron Hernandez. His MRI just appears as a black screen. Like, just like there's nothing here, Rocky. You don't have any gray matter, Rock. It's all black matter. It's all just like yeah. ruined. It's all black matter. Your brain has turned into a black hole, Rocky. <laughs> you can't win, Rock. You're living off caffeine and rage alone. <laughs> Neat. I will not answer that question. I will not answer that question. Thank you. I will not answer that question. Oh, that's funny. You just gotta keep going, Doc, no matter what your brain says. <laughs> You're dying. <laughs> oh, good God. Well, don't worry. Rocky comes face to face with the sins of his past in this next film. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, I, have a, Great segue. I have a question, or do we want to just. Yeah, move question. Okay, so I was thinking because this film is known for movie speeches. What are some of your guys' favorite like um, movie speeches outside of the Rocky franchise? Independence Day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he had that one like in the chamber ready to go. No hesitation. Not go silently into the night. <laughs> Plagiarize that shit. I'll never give up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh god. Oh yeah. my god. No, that is that is oh. hands down the best movie speech. You know what? Since you just said that, never give up. It brings back to one of my favorite podcasts we did, Shane, of um, Galaxy oh, Quest. Man. That moment when um, <laughs> did you really? That moment, yeah. What's you talking about? That's an old. It's an old. It's one of our first glass half fulls. It was um, one of my favorite speeches because it ties into the themes of like uh, when Alan Rickman gives the the dying alien that that you know oh, like yeah. his, his little fanboy moment. I love that moment where he he, he gets in the whole like um by Rathgar's hammer yeah. I will avenge you. I'm like, oh, that's cute. In a, in a silly movie, it's a cra- it's a cute little uh, speech there. Love me that's some Tim funny. Allen too. That's one of the big emotional pulls of that movie. That mm-hmm. I watch that scene on YouTube every now and then mm-hmm. just because how much I love it. It's a fucking that's wonderful a movie, and uh, it's it's fun that Alan Rickman like is acting like a Shakespearean actor, and they give him his one little moment to shine, and it's wonderful. It's great. Great. Love that. Yeah. Um, so we know Shane's. Yeah, so we know Shane's. Um, Corey, what's another speech you love? Well, Shane's got a good one. I'll say that. You know, no denying Independence Day speech. As flawed and shitty as that movie is. <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, uh, Mighty Ducks 2. Ducks fly together. And uh, the whole group. He's kind of becoming um, adversarial with each other and with Emilio as the coach. <laughs> and, you know, they decide to go from Team USA back to being the Ducks. And they go in there and they win gold. That's a good one. Much nostalgia. 
Did y'all enjoy that? Yeah! Okay, well, so did they. Because they're still three points up, and we're one period away from defeat. But guys, I've been there. I know how you feel. I wanted to cream that jerk that busted my knee when I played in the minors. But you know what? My knee will heal. And if I become someone I'm not, if I sink to their level, well, then I've lost more than my knee. We're not goons. We're not bullies. No matter what people say or do, we're Team USA, gathered from all across America. And we're going to stick together. You know why? Because we are ducks. And ducks fly together. That's right, Jan. And when everyone says it can't be done, ducks fly together. Always count mm. on you to dig deep for those childhood memories. I don't think I've seen that one. I don't think I've seen the second one. I have. It has. Uh, yeah. It has a fat kid from uh, I think Heavyweights is in it because I always make those those, those <gasps> Heavyweights. That's a deep cut there. Oh my god. Oh, I only reminded of that because of Corey's uh, podcast that on Heavyweights, and I was I just remember like who else knows that's about right. this fucking film? <laughs> yeah, that's like a, it's like it's going back to Corey said. Pick a film that everybody's seen once in a while, and like oh yeah, this film. Yeah. Like Indian in the cupboard. <laughs> Native American. That was a good podcast. Native that American was in the uh, in the wardrobe. Yeah, that was a good one. That could have and that could have been ended so bad. <laughs> Dan, what about you? Face off. Fa- oh, fuck. oh, oh, face off was a good one too. I like that. Yeah, if there's only one fucking glaring flaw in that podcast, and it's all me. And face off. It's not. It, it's not that noticeable, dude. <laughs> I notice it. it. It bothers me personally. God damn it. But whatever. You texted me. You texted me about it. So then I noticed it. I think if you didn't text me, I would have. I would have yeah, noticed it. It's a, it's a personal yeah. moment of shame. But uh, whatever. Dan, what about you? Famous movie speeches you love. I've got two sports ones, which uh, which is convenient. One going back to what I said earlier, Miracle has got a really good one in the that's end. It's a good speech. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and then I would also do. Remember the Titans. Anytime uh, Denzel Washington talks for a monologue, <laughs> that Gettysburg uh, scene's really good one. It's a classic. Yeah, yeah I think that's the. I think that's. I the thought you were going to go Al Pacino any given Sunday. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen any given Sunday. I've seen that speech, but I've never seen that movie. I, I've seen. I've seen parts of that one. Yeah. I don't remember liking the movie, but I remember Al Pacino. For me, I'm uh, deviating from the uh, sports for a quick second. This one's it's cheesy, but it's like one of my favorite movie speeches is um, Robin Williams in uh, Good Will Hunting when he's sitting Ooh, on the bench no. talking about oh, his wife. Like uh, it's, it's it's like well known for like a lot of improv that Williams did mm-hmm. in it, but it's like it's one of those great like touching but also funny moments, which I think perfectly captures Robin Williams, a tragic character who could uh, you know connect to like deep emotions, but also make you like laugh your ass off when he talks about his wife mm-hmm. and like all those That's things. A good one. So. Miss- I'm so happy you didn't say Dead Poet Society. That, no. I, that's what I thought you were going to do. Yeah. No, I'm a lit major, but uh, Dead Poet Society is uh, a little cheese, a lot of cheese in it. <laughs> Popeye. Popeye, there you go. <laughs> um, I also, uh, for my like the movie buffs out there, it, I'm guessing only Corey might have. Have you ever seen like the, the Great Dictator's speech where Charlie Chaplin gives that like the, the anti-Nazi speech? I have not. Okay, well, if you guys want, like, classic movie speeches, one of the greatest ones is Charlie Chaplin does, like, this. It's a movie called The Great Dictator, and where he's mocking the German propaganda films of World War II, and he gives this, like, heartfelt speech about unity and mankind, and it's super cheesy, but it's a, it's a great speech. Check oh, it out. 
I got one more. It's the dictator with Sacha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Why are you guys so anti-dictators? Imagine if America was a dictatorship. You could let 1% of the people have all the nation's wealth. You could help your rich friends get richer by cutting their taxes and bailing them out when they gamble and lose. You could ignore the needs of the poor for healthcare and education. Your media would appear free, but would secretly be controlled by one person and his family. You could wiretap phones. You could torture foreign prisoners. You could have rigged elections. You could lie about why you go to war. You could fill your prisons with one particular racial group, and no one would complain. You could use the media to scare the people into supporting policies that are against their interests. I know this is hard for you Americans to imagine, but please try. I will tell you what democracy is. Democracy is the worst. Endless talking and listening to every stupid opinion and everybody's vote counts, no matter how crippled or black or female they are. Shane. Bring us in with Creed. We're ending the Rocky franchise and tying in the Creed franchise. Tell us all about Creed. Wait, Shane, you've never seen this before, have you? Creed? Before this? Yeah. No, I, I had, but it had been a oh, okay. long time. Okay, fine. But, um, okay. After Corey's very heartfelt delivery <laughs> and, like, you know, I'm going to read mine now. Rocky's <laughs> a prostitute now. Um... <laughs> Creed, here we go. <clears throat> After trying to train his son to be something, Rocky gives up and buys more onions for his failing restaurant. <laughs> While doing this, he is approached by a Mary Sue named Adonis Johnson, who doesn't want anyone to know that he's the illegitimate son of Apollo Creed until he needs it and then lets everybody know. Rocky, with breadstick-induced brain fog and mounting debt, agrees to train Adonis, and Adonis and him begin to reshoot Rocky 1 with better music. <laughs> Adonis proves himself as a fighter and Rocky's prayers are answered when he is given the sweet release of approaching death <laughs> only to be blackmailed by Adonis to continue fighting and continuing this series Rocky I can't read that <laughs> shame was too high All right, oh, okay. <clears throat> Corey Rocky... did you write one for this one too please I can continue. <laughs> you can go for it Rocky gets chemo, and Adonis gets a match with world champion Pretty Ricky Conlon, who is going to prison, so he wants to fight him. Um, Adonis doesn't win, but fights well. Uh, Stallone mumbles. Adonis falls in love with not Ellie Golding and trains on the set of one of DMX's music videos. Creed. Well, excellent synopsis there, Shane. Dan. And the movie's pretty good. <laughs> you saved it. It sounds good. I got to check that out. <laughs> just, yeah, just all right. So Creed 2. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, uh, since uh, we just heard from Corey and we don't want to hear any more from Shane, Dan, what are your thoughts on Creed? <laughs> so I went in the Creed, and, and again, I wa- like I mentioned earlier, I watched it in theaters. I wasn't thinking this is going to be a shitty movie. Like, I just don't care. Um, because I, w- I was kind of skeptical or skeptical, sorry, about um, what's his name? Uh, the actor's name? Michael oh, B. Jordan. Michael, Michael B. Jordan, yeah. Um, but I 
thoroughly love this. Well, I wouldn't say love. I thoroughly like this film. I I think Sylvester Stallone is the best part of it. Um, I kind of like they went that direction with Apollo Creed's uh, illegitimate son. And what's her name does an awesome performance on it. Oh, uh, um, Mrs. Cosby. Yeah, Miss Miss Cosby with the boot <laughs> Um <laughs> Uh, she did. I think she, she's awesome in it, and um, I just thoroughly like the plot in general. My biggest takeaways on it, I just love the scenes between Rocky and Michael B. Jordan. Like them two, that they just have this little thing, like back and forth, um, is the best part. The storyline of Sylvester Stallone that spoilers that he's got cancer and he's also fighting the fight parallel to like um, Michael B. Jordan trying to over like oh like he's in this he's always overshadowed by now like and that's in light about apollo creed and his dad and so he's i got this thing that like oh it's i'm only getting this fight because it's my dad and he only has like two professional fights and he's fighting mexico previously um i just love that and then my biggest gripe though is the love story i hate love stories in these freaking films besides the guess the rocky but the love story this sucks i think it's underwritten and i just really just don't care about it okay pretty harsh words. yeah pretty harsh words and like a little bit harsh words and how about you Corey? what are your thought on creed creed is a good movie and it has pretty great boxing right i think yes. a lot of people come out of this movie knowing that the boxing is really cool and it, i mean before i say too much ronnie uh the cinematography and the boxing matches in these movies. I mean, there's some very oh, noticeable so techniques good. that are introduced, right? Yeah, well, like the, the long takes in the first Creed match when he's having his first kind of professional boxing is all on like one take. And it's like it's just a different approach to yeah. a boxing match, making it feel like authentic. You feel like the time passing. You feel like the tension. You feel like the, the blows, the camera moves like that. So that first fucking fight scene is so awesome to me. That it overshadows the ending one, but even though the ending one kind of goes back to like the Rocky Balboa, more it feels like an um, authentic kind of more feel like that. But that first fucking fight scene is like one of the my favorite like boxing matches caught on camera. It's super just unique and it feels like intentional. Is 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 the oh, first yeah. is the first one where the angle is looking uh, a little bit like it's below their heads or no? I'm trying to think of it now. Or is it at at, at part of their eyes? Um, the, the camera kind of zooms, uh, flows in and out, but it's all in one take. So it, it so it kind of like focuses on the yeah, the, okay. Like um, the guy he's fighting, it, it zooms out and kind of goes into um, a creed, and then like there's like the, those quick tricky edit cuts where it kind of flips around. So you yeah. know like there, there's the edit caught in there, but it's it's all like done a lot in like those one takes. So it just makes you feel that tension really. Just yeah. So I think maybe I think I'm I think I'm thinking of this the this the the main fight where I think the camera angle I love because it, it went back and up went up and below like depending on the tension of it. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, which I, I I just love that. It just shows like the tone and like where where the fights at in general. And the and and kind of like the like just like the intimidation factor of both characters mm-hmm. or just like when uh, when Creed's feeling down like just it zooms in on Pretty Ricky and just builds that like that confidence that cocky that walk he's got. Yeah, so this is a whole new take on like a Rocky movie with uh, you know the introduction of Apollo, Apollo's Creed's son being the main uh, fighter and Rocky mm-hmm. kind of being on the side as the trainer. But I think that works. I think their dynamic is really cool. I mm-hmm. love the carryover stuff from the last movie. Mm-hmm. 
right? So the fact that he's still at the restaurant, still mm-hmm. in the same spot, he's still kind of doing that thing. He still spends his time reminiscing and such. And I like how that transitions us into this movie. Mm-hmm. So the connection to me, I was really hoping would be there when I saw this movie, and I'm just glad that it was. You know, for both Creed movies, one of the things that I thought was missing was maybe just like seeing Marie kind of like working at the restaurant or something, but that's not a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think the the most glaring problem with the Creed movies for me is that I can't really describe Adonis Creed as a character no. other than kind of angsty. He's Ray from Star Wars. Like, he just does everything <sighs> well. Well, it, it's frustrating. Ray? Okay, I'll argue with like, you on and that. He's That's like, fine. Oh, he's, so, <laughs> I like when he meets Rocky and they train. I love the relationship between them. But, like Dan said, it's kind of carried by Stallone. But he's... The problem I have with him is he's good at everything. Like, you, you get to just keep hearing, oh, I, I taught myself. Well, then you would be a professional boxer by now if you can just walk in and knock out the number four in the world, like, in two seconds. That That, as a character, kind of frustrates me because it, it undercuts the journey then. Because you're like, oh, he's just good when he needs to be. Oh, oh, but we can't have him too good now, so we got to train him up. Like, it's that whole, like, oh, he's got the raw talent. Well, raw talent's good, but it doesn't beat the number four in the world. They also have raw talent. Yeah. It does if you're fucking Rocky. I, I mean, yeah, Rocky there. But he didn't knock out. He didn't walk into the gym and be like, you know why you should fight me, Apollo? Because I knocked out the number four in the world. You know, like, it was a gimmick. Yeah. I mean, the journey is... I see what you're saying about the journey, mm-hmm. but I really mean with with this is Adonis Creed's personality. Yeah, right. True. So, so like, what is this guy like? Mm-hmm. And if I had to describe him to someone, I'd be like, well, you know, he has a a little bit of like angst because he didn't know his father, and his father was someone famous, and you know, he's a, he's a bastard son, so he's he has that kind of on his mind, and it's present in his personality. But then, what else? What else do I say about this man? Right, like he's. He's a pretty nice guy most of the time, though, despite that. You know, he's he meets a woman, and they like each other, and he's... What What do you say about this guy? How do you describe this man? Uh, right? You can describe Polly, You can describe Rocky. You can describe Burgess Meredith as um, Rocky's trainer. I forget his name now. Mickey. But how do you describe Adonis? Or even Apollo, right? His dad you can describe. But there's just... To me, like I said way earlier in this podcast, that's a kind of a sign of like a little bit of something missing. Every every character trait we know about him or you can bring is something that another character has told us that he is mm. like his girlfriend will be like, man, you're, you're so smart. Like you're not from here, but he's hasn't demonstrated like anywhere, like a super high, like intelligence or something. He's just talked like a normal person, you know, there should be like an equation yeah. on a blackboard. Yeah, exactly. And he comes like in and he was a janitor it. before he was a boxer. <laughs> good will yeah. hunting. Yeah. He oh, was man. a janitor <laughs> at a boxing gym and he knocked out the number four in the world. <laughs> I, okay. I guess I'm in the minority here. I argue that this is like one of the best sports movies of all time. Cause it built, it takes all those cliches and builds upon them. So I don't even like sports movies, but I love this film. And I would describing Apollo like uh, Adonis Creed is he's just he just has that temper he has all that angst like you said Corey but like he's just like his own worst enemy he's constantly hitting people and pushing them away that could help them he's just he doesn't he has no tr- he has trust issues with everything because of being thrown out in foster homes 
He has everything he needs in the world. He doesn't need to fight, but because he has just like this emptiness, like, um, like his mother says, you're, you're empty. Just like your father was, you, you have this desire for more. And that's like his thing as he keeps pushing himself. He, he has the raw talent enough to beat a guy in the ring. But then when he challenges the, the, one of the heavyweight champions, he gets his fucking like ass beat in. He, he talks a lot of shit and it gets him into shit. So he's just, he reminds me of just like a 23 year old who's just has all this emotion and angst build up and he talks too much and then he gets humbled and he learns. And then in the ending of it, I think it's great about it is it ties back into Rocky. He doesn't win, but he proves he's, he's more than his name. He's, he's frustrating. He's annoying because he's a younger kind of angstier guy, but Rocky was sturdy. This guy's in his twenties. So it's angstier, but which of us is actually a fully developed character as a human when they're 22, 23. That's cool. I like that take mm-hmm. that really, that, that's a really good angle to look at it. And I think that's, that's good. I don't want to say I don't like this movie. I was just kind of reaching for the most glaring thing that caught my mm-hmm. attention watching all of these movies in sequence, yeah. not in like one day, but over the course of a week, and this was about two months ago, I watched every single Rocky movie in order. <laughs> and that is distinctly noticeable if you do that, what I described. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, you're not wrong, uh, Ronnie. So I, I think there's a lot of good stuff you said there. But the Creed movies are great. They really are. They're extremely well-directed, right? The performances that they get out of everyone in these movies are small, but really fucking gold. What'd you say your name was? Don. Okay. Well, the girl said you wanted to talk about something. Yeah, I want to talk to you about training me. Training. <laughs> I don't do that stuff no more. Sorry about that. Listen, it's getting kind of late, kid, so I'm going to uh, close up. How good was he? Apollo? Yeah, he's great. He's a perfect fighter. Ain't nobody ever better. So how'd you beat him? Time beat him. Time, you know, takes everybody out. It's undefeated. Anyway, I got a lot. So when up. Mickey died, he came and talked to you, right? Talked you out of quitting, took you to L.A., trained you, brought you back. How do you know all this? He's my father. No, he is. I don't believe you. Call Marianne. Marianne, his wife. The house number still works? That's right. You haven't talked to her since the funeral. She said you gave a nice speech, though. speech I want you to train me alright I need somebody solid and who else better to go to right, you at least owe me that I can tell the way you talk you've been to school you know so I figure you got some brains why would you want to pick a fighter's life when you don't have to if Apollo was around he would tell you that too well, he ain't around I've been fighting my whole life I ain't got a choice it's always about a choice. I was in the ring. I saw how it went down. That fight should have been stopped. I should have stopped it. Maybe you wanted to go out like a fighter. Maybe you did exactly what he wanted. I think he'd rather be here talking with you. Yeah, and I know Shane doesn't like uh, Michael B. Jordan because he's racist, but <laughs> but like like <laughs> come on now. <laughs> I know he's typecasted as you know. The like Shane kind of says, I'm good at everything. I'm, I'm I'm like a jack of all trades. I'm super cool. But I feel like he has that range of emotion of crying, especially in Creed 2, of actually mm-hmm. expressing 
like angsty because angst is anger but it's also like tears too like he, he's able to like cry and really feel the the full range of emotions of someone who doesn't have all that figured out doesn't know how to control himself very like very much so i fucking love this movie there's glaring flaws this is a just a reboot of the original rocky but i feel like it takes those cliches and elevates it because ryan coogler is an excellent director with just like the cinematography getting those performances stallone shines as of like just trying to give advice to a young kid but even has that moment that where he kind of, you know, he yells at him because Rocky's frustrated. He wants to die to some extent. He's kind of giving up. And they have the obvious, you know, we're falling apart moments that they repeat again in Creed 2, which is kind of annoying. But no, it's, I think it's flawed. I think it's cliche, but I think it takes all those cliches, has some good character developments, pays homage to all the Rocky movies before it. So I like it. There's a love story in Creed. Right, and there's a love story in the first Rocky. The thing that's so noticeable is like the modern day sensibilities of um, a woman <laughs> in Creed compared to the sensibilities oh, okay. of a woman in Rocky. There's, in a, lot, the first there's a lot more eye contact. Even, even compared to that one, that's way different. It's a 180 there, man. <laughs> well, she, she supports herself in this one. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it, it's. Because I've heard that too. I've heard that the argument that like like why is the love story in there? But I think that adds the depth of character to Creed because he's obnoxious. He's an annoying twenty three year old. So they have to kind of ground and realize like 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 when he turns off the the whole bravado, he has depth to him. He's a real person underneath it, even though he's fucking annoying at times. He's just like he's so arrogant. But, you know, yeah. they have moments where they humble him because he's so over the top. So I'll preface because I got to defend myself after Ronnie's throwing darts. Um, we, can, we can disagree. We're allowed to fight. This is a grudge match. <laughs> I, I like. No, this is a political campaign. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like Michael B. Jordan in this film. I have some issues with his casting later on. Not in this film, but in other films. Um. He he did well, and you can tell that he really trained boxing. Mm-hmm. Like he looks yeah. good, and, and because like I don't know who, uh, I think the guy that plays R- Pretty Ricky is a real boxer too. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I can't think remember he, who. Yeah. But uh, Tony, so I think Tony Be- uh, Bello, yeah, Bellu? right, Bello, Bello or Bellu, I think it is. Yeah, he, I think yeah. he, I think he, I think he retired before or right after this. But the boxing in this is on point. It. It's amazing coming from the other Rockies mm. where it's just people throwing right hooks at each other over and over again and like to see like some real boxing. It's actually realistic and it's actually strategic boxing as opposed to like like you mentioned earlier on, like the uh, the dummies, you know. Yeah, it's not fifteen rounds Fresh of haymakers. Yeah, yeah, well it's it's, it's <laughs> the guards <laughs> up is actually strategy. And once again, that's just because filmmaking has evolved and and Stallone's purpose of Rocky is he just takes fucking beatings while Creed is lighter, faster, so he can't take the same kind of beatings. So he, he can't just take Rocky's style and just replicate it perfectly. Yeah, and like Creed takes the tropes that we can all call. Now, it could be argued that Rocky started those tropes mm-hmm. that it's using, but like chasing the chickens, that's it, like the little like kind of wacky, zany montage kind of training yeah. old, old school versus new school yeah. right that whole thing 
that's super fun. It always is. Then he goes like, you know, I think it was really cool that Rocky kind of took like a, a real boxing approach where just cause he's the coach doesn't mean he's the best at everything. So he like goes to like, they bring in stitch. Who's the, you know, famous mm-hmm. cut guy. And then, um, they find someone to do pad work with him and like they build this team and you feel like you're kind of, I feel the problem with Creed is all the characters are so, all the minor characters and secondary characters are very well developed. You understand them, but Adonis, like it's not terrible. Like I feel like he's an 80% well-written character. There's just like, he, he functions too much as a plot device. Like he hits someone when the plot needs him to hit somebody like instead of like feeling like that's what he would do. Cause he's not always unhinged. He's just unhinged when you're like, Oh, this is the moment in the movie where he needs to become unhinged. Like he's unhinged whenever like they, they mock him for being Creed's kid. He's very sensitive about that. Shane. He's got, unless he needs it to like advance his career. Then he's totally on board with wearing Creed. There's that conversation where the, uh, where the British promoter tells them you have to use your last name. Otherwise this won't work. Right. So, and but, that's a stepping point, but I can see your point that he's a little more color by numbers and Rocky, but Rocky's had seven movies to be more developed and he's unique. He's the people's champ. Creed is the almost like nepotism kind of higher type of thing. Like he is, his, he's getting yeah. hired by his name. I'm sorry about what I said to you. Go back to the gym. It was just me talking. I didn't mean it. Well, you need to stay away from me. Listen, Man, don't touch me. Get your hands off me, old man. Get your sick ass out of here. Leave. You ain't talking like you my family. You got my real family killed. I ain't even till I tell you what's on my mind. I understand what you're going through, young man. I swear I've been there. And I know what it's like to feel abandoned. I mean, mad and everything. And you're a better person than that. Forgive him. Because there's nothing you can do about it. And it's taking a toll on you. You're still caught in the shadow. Gotta move, Donnie. But with that said, Creed, I came in a little hostile because I watched Rocky <laughs> Four and I was fucking pumped. And I was like, how no. dare someone make a movie that's not Rocky Four? And uh, <laughs> I got to the end and I was like, I was, I loved it. I was smiling. I was like, this is a good movie. And it wasn't, I was afraid it would be too, like, uh, melodramatic and, like, dark and. But it it was pretty considering like it deals with like anger and stuff like that, it was pretty upbeat and pretty fun. Um even the anger parts, it's like because pretty Ricky is like talking shit and that's fun. And like so I, I kinda missed it. Is is pretty pretty Ricky's going to prison because gun of gun charge. A gun, gun charge. charge. Yeah. Are are you still allowed to like <laughs> Thank you. do boxing matches? <laughs> And stuff when you are like, are you scheduled to go to prison? No, uh, like, don't they take you from the courtroom to prison once you've I, been like convicted? I think he's scheduled to have a trial. Okay. No, I thought I thought I thought he pled guilty and he made an agreement about like, oh, I'll go into this time after this boxing match. Oh, well, maybe. I am so confused about that, and I think it was unnecessary. They should have done like, pretty Ricky's broke and he fucked it up with the other match, so now they got to pull this together. The prison thing seemed a little like I was like, wait, you could just was he on loan from prison? Like, is this the longest yard? Like, <laughs> no, that, that feels a little bit contrived. But then for me, it saves it like for the plot because uh, his his manager says, "I don't give a shit about 
about your ego. I care about your, your kids having food on their table, having a retirement oh, yeah. thing because you're going away forever. So it, it's definitely contrived and feels just like what they doesn't make any sense, but it connects to the emotion and the importance of the fight more than the logic of the, the fight. Shane just mad because he hates Black Panther and he hates Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> I do. I am not a fan of Black Panther. <laughs> no, no, not a fan. Just, just <laughs> You've never seen Black Panther. I saw Black Panther. Bullshit. You're a liar. I did. There's robo rhinos. You guys are going to do a glass half empty for Black Panther. Then. Oh, we are for <laughs> sure now. All right. Sorry. Was, We've been talking a lot. Creed. Corey, any more thoughts on Creed? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a great movie. I don't particularly like Bianca. You know, yeah. Thank I, you, somebody. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Obviously, you know, it's not for me to like her. It's for Adonis to be attracted to her. And he is. Maybe it's those gaps being filled. But uh, to <laughs> me, she just kind of seems like a fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the music. All she had to do was, oh my god, I'll turn it down. So she's like, eh, fuck you. Well, Corey, do you, do you agree? That, do you think she's underwritten, or just it just you're just so focused because we know Rocky so we know the Rocky franchise so much, and then we're focused on Creed. And you think? I I don't know. It's just it might be that it doesn't feel like a the kind of um, maybe wholesome connection that I had planted in the back of my mind in my subconscious from the previous Rocky movies. Oh, like yeah. everything from the uh, Dennis Reynolds scene <laughs> moving forward with Rocky and Adrian, everything after that is super authentic between yeah. the two of them in all of the movies. And there's just, just a lot of love and, you know, they, they argue, they disagree, but you know what? They're a team. Yeah. Bianca, I, I feel like just like, there's a lot of like, hostility yeah. from her tension yeah and, and it's, always and it's tension, not just yeah. maybe toward him but just to people and it's like god damn yeah. i don't like you woman like <laughs> yeah it, maybe if she wasn't like deaf so maybe she's always like hostile for that reason why and maybe she i don't know why they brought that in there but um i don't know maybe because i was so abrupt how they just like all of a sudden like oh it's her We're introducing her all of a sudden because the music is too loud above you there's one maybe they built it a little bit mm-hmm there's one better, scene. But... Sorry, Dan, I keep cutting you off. No, you're fine. You're not Shane. I'm done. Okay. So fuck you. The last thing I'll say, and I'm I'm done defending Creed. I'm done defending this movie. And we'll move on because I have Creed two, and I have a bunch of shit to say about fucking Creed two. Is that there's a scene with Bianca and Creed that I like, and that's what kind of saves it. Is at one point they say maybe I'm just using you for my career and she says well maybe i'm doing the exact same thing so they're both immature people who don't really know like what a relationship should look like they're constantly fighting because creed's hiding from her and she's a she's a spitfire too so like that's probably why they attract each other because they're both very fiery and angsty and young and have chips on their shoulders so i don't think it's a good relationship but i think that kind of works for two young people of just like trying to figure out and then when Creed 2 comes along they're they're a perfect, you know, couple. But I think in this film it works for them to just back and forth, back and forth. It's funny hearing Michael B. Jordan referred to as young because he's like three months younger than me <laughs> and I'm an old man. So <laughs> And he looks insanely like fit. It's ridiculous. He was j j jacked. Like <laughs> He wasn't simple, Jack. He has, like, such a good physique. Like, his physique, I think, is, like, one of the peak physiques of all the franchise. I know some people are, like, bigger and, like, 
bulkier and wider, but he just looks amazing. This like, an athlete. Looks so like a legitimate hot. athlete. Did anyone else like not like her music that much? <laughs> some songs I like. Some I, I like, like the Jesus grip Christ. song. Rip, rip and rip, rip. Yeah, and then her her song for him. I was like, this song sucks. <laughs> Give a little, but you can take it all. I might try to run, but just to make you follow. I like it when you. Speaking of music, since we can't talk about soundtracks, um, I'm a big hip hop fan, so I listen to the Creed one and two soundtracks. I like hip hop, so there's a lot of good like um, rappers on there. And then um, this one thing that they do though that's really fucking awful is they they try to combine the classical score by Michael G. Bianchi, which is like kind of classical, like you know, almost like Hans Zimmer kind of score, and then a rapper will just like throw in a bar and it's like like this is weird <laughs> so oh like, my god imagine this like, song was never in, about tits and cash <laughs> imagine inner in the end uh no uh inner inner yeah interstellar score mixed with like i don't know who's a big rapper now like post malone singing over it my mama called see you on tv sunset shit done change okay here's my question before we go to our final movie um obviously i enjoy the creed film you could call it a sequel late sequel or maybe a reboot what's a reboot you all you gentlemen enjoy can i say that when i first heard about creed i didn't know it was a rocky um movie i thought it had something to do with the band and i was like they got a movie I can just picture the the preview now where they take a famous song and slow it down for this. I'm six feet from the edge and I'm boom. Six feet from the bomb, 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 edge. Yeah, I'm it. glad it wasn't a movie about Creed. <laughs> <laughs> What was your question? Reboots. Mm. So reboot, define it. A film that either is coming back maybe 10, 20 years later to either kind of restart a franchise or kind of a belated sequel oh. that kind of just takes a, a popular property and revamps it for a new age or just to make more money. So what's a good kind of reboot or franchise that kind of oh, reestablishes itself? 
good one. Okay. I got one right away, actually. I have the DVD right here. What do you got? Mad Max. Ooh. Yes. Oh, that's actually, so that's that's why I'm wondering, does that qualify? Is that a sequel or is that a reboot or is that a requel? Um, I will leave the definition very open. Just something that's kind of a, a belated sequel that kind of reestablishes a franchise. Oh, then maybe I misunderstood. Sorry. No, you're fine. Yeah, oh, you like yeah, a yeah. movie. Good. Talk about good movies yeah. for once before we get to Creed yeah. 2. No, I know they have it like, on the DVD shelf. One of the five movies I have. So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> there we go. There's one. One of the all-time great movies ever made is Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. Fucking great. It's a mm-hmm. good one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like um already mentioned it but I like Blade Runner 2049. It's it's just a sequel oh. kind of but it's also kind of re reboots an entire franchise with a different plot entirely but uses like that kind of world so it's kind of like a belated sequel kind of reboot where it's mm. kind of kind of thing. So I fucking love that movie. So I'm not going to go into some of my favorites. I like a lot of Star Wars stuff mm. and I won't go into the why's and the what's of that. I'll say a really good one I saw that came out pretty recently that you guys have talked about is top gun maverick oh god that movie kicks ass yeah. that that's probably about the be- most well done reboot i've seen one's like it's not really like a great movie but i like what they did so it's not like the best movie but i think it's the best attempt at this particular movie's and it was um, the Godzilla with Aaron Taylor Johnson, the first one, not Godzilla 2000 with Matthew Broderick, which I hold in a special place. But <laughs> that's actually not Godzilla 2000. By oh, the way. it's not. No, no, no uh, 98. No. Okay, no, Godzilla 2000 was uh, the Japanese's answer to that movie, and it was really weird. <laughs> I feel like God. I, but I like the one with Aaron Taylor Johnson, and I forgot the director's name. Um, that's. Uh, the guy who did Rogue One. Yeah, I I liked what they did. I liked the look of Godzilla. I liked the approach. I liked kind of the old-fashioned Godzilla's the bad guy, kind of. But, I mean, the movie wasn't a total success and not, like, the best movie ever, but was, I thought it was a really good attempt at Godzilla. It's a different approach. It's kind of like it views it kind of like as, like, a natural disaster as opposed to, like, an antagonist type of thing. If they would have cut about 30 minutes out of that film, I think it would have hit better, but... <laughs> And, and more Brian Cranston. Yeah, definitely. That was the worst bait and switch of all time. I have a one that... Would you guys consider The Dark Knight as one? A reboot? Ooh. Yeah. Oh. That trilogy, yeah. That's a, yeah. I mean, yeah. I like that. Yeah, right? You wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. But because even though even though they make so many goddamn <laughs> Batmans... Yeah. What about Velma? Big fan. <laughs> Thanks I for watched the did. trailer and said to myself, it's not for me. <laughs> And that's, that's all I'm going to say about Vilma. Okay. I did not plan this to wrap us up here, but I have Creed 2. I have a lot of rambling, so strap in, boys. Wait, hold on. There Hit. we go. That's my, that's my uh, starter pistol. Okay, Creed 2. <laughs> we begin in the tropical paradise of Kiev, Russia, in which Ivan Drago and his son Victor enjoy a beach vacation. Kiev's Adonis. not in Russia, you jackass. <sighs> Adonis Creed. Ukraine. <laughs> if you don't get the theme, I'm making a joke that said a beach vacation, fuckface. But whatever. Oh, I get Adonis it. Adonis Creed talks Classic to the ghost. Classic Shane move. Start again. 
<laughs> no. Adonis Creed talks to the ghost of Rocky Balboa and wins his Mustang back. Also the heavyweight title, by the way. Uh, Donatello awkwardly asks girlfriend to marry him. I think her name is B. Uh, Victor Drago, which is spelled wrong, picks up the hobby of gardening and composting because Russians are known for their environmentalism. <laughs> B tells D to leave R and go to L.A. to make dollar sign. She becomes a real Oko right quick. Um, Ivan and Victor come to the city of Brotherly Love to start an artesian bread business and not plan world domination. Rocky and Ivan have a few beers, reminisce about the old fun 80 times, then kiss and go their separate ways. Victor challenges Adonis to a skiing competition, and the loser will have to throw a party in the winner's honor. Adonis trains and, against all odds, defeats the Russian and ends the war in Ukraine. And that is Creed 2. You skip so much, but okay. <laughs> that, that was my joke plot. I was very bored in Creed 2, so I made up a fake plot when I was going at Here's When the did they plot. get in a hot tub and go back to the 80s and fight? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically this is the plot of Iron Man 2, where it's in Russia. And uh, Ivan Drago is angry because Rocky, as he says, basically ruined his entire life. His wife left him to go fuck at Vladimir Putin. So they decide to come to <laughs> Russia after Creed wins the heavyweight title. Um, all these things are happening. And then a, um, a promoter convinces uh, Adonis, who they call Donnie or D or other things, to take the bait because he still has daddy issues. So uh, D and Rocky argue about legacy, family, boxing. They decide to break up because Rocky doesn't want to put uh, Adonis in the ring because he feels guilty for Apollo dying which he is fully culpable for apollo dying by the way we didn't discuss that in rocky four i blame james brown (laughs) (laughs) okay um d's d works and b's beef gets all knocked up by d's sperm so they're gonna have a baby in there uh d goes to um, d goes to avon barksdale to get trained and we learn that russians are monster snow people basically uh avon barksdale which is played by i think Ty Harris is his name, and he's basically the son of Duke from the original Rocky franchise, and he's trains up kind of fighters as well. He's mm-hmm. in the first uh, Creed film. He's the one who tells Creed, no, go away, baby Creed. Um, the Ruski and Killmonger fight, and Johnny Storm gets his clock cleaned, and but he wins by <laughs> technical knockout. He, he wins by a technicality because um, uh, Victor Drago hits him while he's on his knees, so he wins because tension... Uh, D is hospitalized and becomes Harvey Dent and yells at Rocky like Two-Face does to um, Jim Gordon. Victor yells... It's about what's fair! (laughs) Victor yells at Ivan in Russian about his mother. And so, full disclosure, I might have found this movie maybe not by the most legal channels because Mm. I swear to Christ, two days ago it was available on Amazon Prime and last night when I was watching it, it became magically unavailable. Yes! So I had a... I had to find it and watch it on my phone, basically, and kind of watch it. And the, the version I had didn't have Russian subtitles, so I had to make up dialogue for them. <laughs> so I kept inserting vodka, 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 we strong, we strong, um, angry, niet. angry, niet, niet, niet. Um, apparently, Ivan Drago's wife leaves him because he lost and fucks Vladimir Putin, which is sad and kind of hilarious. They try to make... Ivan and Victor sympathetic, and I'll get to that in the very end there. But they're not because they're the bad guys, because Ruskies. Um, dramatic family dialogue goes back and forth 
and then Rihanna gives birth at the perfect plot timing. Oh. Uh, the baby girl is hearing impaired because more drama. Uh, D abandons his wife and newborn child to go build sandcastles with Rocky in the uh, middle of nowhere. Uh, the rematch goes exactly how you think it is, and Ivan Drago throws in the towel in the last round because his son won't surrender, but he knows his son is defeated, and he keeps getting knocked down, and Creed is just pulverizing him to try to kill him like he killed his dad. And then, so then when Ivan throws in the towel, it's like poetry, it rhymes, because in Rocky Four, Rocky does not throw in the towel. Uh, then Donnie talks to his father's force ghost who tells him, by the way, uh, if you want to be rich, the best way is to produce your own films. So Michael B. Jordan puts his name on these Creed films now. And also there's grandkids involved. And that is Creed 2. <laughs> I hear bitterness in that tone. This is, uh... Creed, Creed 2 is a good film. And just like Rocky 2, which I happen to have both the first sequels to these films because I have bad luck there. It's not a very exciting film to me. It does a good job building more characters and stuff like that, but Creed, it, Creed 2 to me is a little bit forgettable. Coming off of the hype of Creed, Creed 2 is forgettable. Interesting. Okay. I I still stand by my that Clubber Lang's son has more to be mad about because Clubber Lang yeah. got the title and due to racism had it like <laughs> taken away from him or like he had more to be mad about than Ivan Drago. Well, Drago loses everything, and that's because the the Soviets are dicks and just basically yeah, they kind of throw it away. I like there's a one point where um, no, that's that, that's that's in the first Creed movie. <laughs> there's a better scene where 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 Conlon's making fun of him, saying you're basically born with a silver spoon in your right. mouth. I had to fight my way up, so that that was handled better. But Drago and Rocky have a, a scene where they talk and it's kind of anticlimactic and I don't, I'm not sure if it's because Lundgren can't isn't really the best of actors no. or it's it's just kind of like a very thin I blame you for my problems but you lost loser yeah maybe you shouldn't got your ass beat commie yeah <laughs> <laughs> you where's pictures yeah okay well pictures of me no there's no pictures of that why in Philly? You don't know. Russia. No one touched Drago name. Everything changed that night. Hey, look, you know, that's like a million years ago. Like yesterday to me. So you came all the way over here to tell me that? No coincidence. Because of you, I lose everything. Country. Respect wife you ever see stray dogs in the ukraine they go for days with no food people spit on them they have nothing no home only will to survive to fight i have son all he knows is this my son will break your boy been a long day i think we're done here because around here, we put strays away. It's good pictures. And why does anyone care anymore? The wall's gone. I don't, well... He's a, he's a disgrace to his country. That They they think he's a peasant. If you're a peasant in Russia, you kind of get butt-raped. <laughs> I feel like 
<laughs> I feel like Rocky Balboa and Creed, the movies themselves, do a better job of kind of building the world of boxing in a authentic way because it's not like it's not world news that Rocky Balboa is going back in the ring. But in Philadelphia, <laughs> it is. It's not world news that Adonis Creed's son's coming to fight, but in the boxing world, it is. This movie makes it seem more like the biggest deal in the entire world that Drago's son and Creed's son are kind of fighting, making like a big kind of world thing. Those Nostalgia. Movies, I don't know. Yeah, well, what else do you do with the fucking Creed film? They should have stopped. I know, right? They're making a Creed, yeah. uh, Creed 3. Yeah. Sure you guys oh, he's, and he's directing it too, That's isn't he? Michael gonna... B. Jordan? Oh, yeah. boy. I think he is. That's going to be a Clubber Lang son. Well, that's actually more kind of like a Clubber Lane thing. It's actually Creed's old childhood friend is locked up in prison, so he missed a chance of being like a world-class fighter, Ooh. so they challenge him. So it's actually a, a different plot. I'm not sure I'm actually going to see it because I don't really care. But the point being is it keeps it going, but this franchise should have been gone a while ago. Corey, you've been pretty quiet because we've been talking over you. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Creed 2? <laughs> when I saw Creed, I wrote the script for Creed 2 in my mind. Oh, yeah? I was like... This is the direction this franchise needs to go. I was like, what I want from the Creed movies (laughs) is is I want this character, Adonis Creed, to fight Ivan Drago's son. That will be the complete emotional weight of the movie. So I was very happy that this was the next movie. I quite like this movie because as like a fan of the franchise in general, I just like the connective thread. And it adds a lot of weight that's just inherent to this movie that they don't have to spend a lot of time setting up they do spend some time right we see ivan himself show up and confront rocky and like the tension there is very apparent and rocky has this restaurant with all his boxing memorabilia (laughs) but he has nothing of ivan drago right yeah because like that shit that was like real shit to him like that's beyond you know just kind of like oh my fun boxing days like that was personal and the personal nature of that obviously carries over to Adonis. So the, just like in terms of story, I really like what they have going here. Excellent point. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much they can do. The, the, the movies are going to get made, whether you want them or not. Like, <laughs> So you might as well do your best, and I, I agree that is a good direction. There's just only so many beats you can cover. And in these movies' defenses, if... I was in my current state now, and they're like, hey, Rocky Three's coming, and they explained the plot to me. I'd be like, this sounds like dog shit. <laughs> and like, I'd bitch and moan, and then I'd see it, and I'd be like, god damn, that was good. Even though you could kind of <laughs> guess what it was and you heard the plot, you know, there's something to be said about how um, direction and script and presenting a dumb plot and making it fun. And I feel like Creed Two leans more on that, like, training and like a more classic boxing thing which is what you have to do yep this is also really like rocky's goodbye movie right Mm -hmm. rocky is not going to be a character anymore in these creed movies as they continue Mm -hmm. which means that this franchise even after creed will probably continue with very little sign of rocky right maybe just references maybe some video that people watch but Rocky's conflict here is n- not only with Adonis and like in not wanting to support this endeavor that he's taking, but with his son, which he's still estranged with. Yeah. And he, he wants to talk to, but it's like one of those things. I'm sure we've had this with family. It's like, I don't know what to say. Do I just call him and do small talk? It's like, I want to reconnect, but I want it to be real when I reconnect. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I love seeing the same actor from Rocky Balboa <laughs> at the very end. I, I was, was so excited yeah. when I saw that. 
I love seeing him and just, you know, like, oh, this is your grandson. Come on in. And it's like Rocky has kind of like found his place again. He's, he's back at home. Yeah. I, I, Ronnie, I disagree with you about, you, you say you don't, you don't feel any emotion towards uh, Victor and his son. Uh, I kind of did at the end a little bit because I feel bad because, like, I guess how the Russians work, they just built this monster to just win, win, win. If you lose, they just throw you to the side and say, you're a piece of shit now. I just feel bad for him. So he's trying to overcome that. And his son just feels like his dad's just a horrible or just he's a failure. So then there's that complex, though, too. So I at the end, I did feel bad for them. And, and they kept flashing to him or both of them looking at the mom. Um, I just, I'm like, oh, it's so crappy. I feel so bad for him because they just, they were born in this horrible country and then this is their life now. <laughs> Russia <laughs> sucks. So, so bad. I know, right? Like, USSR. But yeah, no, I agree. The the ending I think is perfect for Ivan Drago because he realizes, well, I'm not going to win back my, my country, but I can at least keep my son safe. And in the very end, it shows them, the two of them running side by side, still training. So, so the two of them aren't giving up on the dream, but they they have their relationship unlike Rocky and his son. They don't have a good relationship, but at least Ivan and Victor have a better relationship in some regards. That's an interesting thought too. If like Rocky would have lost to the point where he didn't get back in the ring, would he have had a better relationship with his son? Fuku he lost son. plenty of times. I know, but he got back in. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept well, he keep moving that's forward. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but Rocky, what if you stopped? Maybe it would have saved everything. <laughs> That's like the kind of sad legacy, though. I think of all the characters in the Rocky franchise is if, like, like they just have an ego thing. They, they have something to prove, and that blinds them to the other real issues kind of around them. And they do a good job, you know, grounding Rocky because he is likable, blue-collar kind of, like, guy, but he's still a shitty fucking dad. And that's consistently, mm-hmm. like, even in the end, we, we see them reconcile, they hug, but... It doesn't fix 30 years of not abandonment, but kind of just like neglect to a certain extent. The The problem, and maybe it's because I just haven't paid enough attention, is I never saw <laughs> <laughs> Rocky. I love how you say, hear me out, but I, I haven't I listened to anything dumb. at all. <laughs> yeah. um, I never saw Rocky be really a bad dad. He's... Like every, Rocky five. Oh, five. He's a yeah. shitty dad. Is he like you know, too much kissing? Did you... As you said earlier, Way I haven't been listening at all. I don't know. I just think of Rocky 2, 3, 4, Balboa. Well, I mean, when Rocky was in Russia, he missed five years of his son's life. Yeah, and then two, he he, he neglected to see his son's birth, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a funny joke, Corey, that I understand. Yeah. His son's a prick. But so so I, I have I have one thing. So Creed three, Rocky has to be dead, right? Rocky's not in it, and there's so he has like to be rumors, dead, right? Yeah. No, there's rumors circling around, circling that so Stallone won't even see it. His name's attached as a producer, I'm pretty sure, but I don't think he's supposed to be in it. it might be a cameo, but it's supposed to be Adonis is kind of like his legacy, his boxing, like kind of. I, I think he becomes like a gym owner and kind of like a promoter of fights. Oh. We'll I think I think he'll it. I think he's gonna I think he'll be dead, the grave, and then they'll do the same thing at the end of uh, Balboa. He'll put a rose next to his uh, Apollo's Apollo's grave, and then also Rock or just Rocky's, honestly. 
Oh, Rocky and Adrian right there at that same spot mm-hmm. that they used in these mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, you fucking even... Polly right there ruining the like the shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. The vibe, yeah. What's going on with the boot? <laughs> I got I got some marketing for make some money. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome if Adonis just has Polly now. Like Polly's always hitting Adonis up for money. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I have this idea. We can make some money off it. Adonis is just like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> who are you? Adonis is like, who are you? He's like, I was the brother-in-law, the guy that kicked your father's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drunk. Okay. Um, anyone else got some thoughts on Creed 2? Uh, they had to do a montage. I like the montage. I like the music to it, towards it. So, In the middle of the Arizona desert. Visceral montage. Yeah. Very like different than some of the other ones, in that like he yeah. looks like he is in some pain. Oh my god! None of yeah. Put off punching tires, hidden tires, living off of a nail bed or whatever it was. Yeah, in the middle of buttfuck Arizona. <laughs> um. Yeah, they do a good job making um uh, Adonis look vulnerable. There's that. Uh, my favorite scene is a scene in the hospital. When Rocky comes in to like kind of apologize and Creed just like reams into him and mm. it's like so mean, but it's, it's a good acting scene for Michael B. Jordan. And then, and then he just reams Rocky and Stallone's very kind of um, not laid back, but kind of like very stifled and kind of holding it back and kind of giving that scene to Michael B. Jordan. It's a great scene. It just shows him like how weak he is, like that downward shot of just like showing how fucked up he got in that first fight. Got some company, D. You know, I watch it back in Philadelphia. You showed a ton of heart. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You showed a ton of heart. My heart? I mean, I ain't trying to hear that shit. Dee, it's rock. Oh, it's okay. It's oh, right. you guys gotta work it out. I lost the fight before it even started, right? No, 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 no. This guy was, he's big guy, he's strong. We got the reach on you, got all kinds of... Oh, now you're trying to train me. Be my coach. Oh, look at me, look at me. What are you still doing here? You here to pick up the pieces? No. Should you be in Philly? No, it's okay. No, I don't, I don't want to get off. Take care of each other. I'm sorry. Um, so I have I have a quick question. So I I feel like Sylvester Stallone, in some way, kind of holds these two Cree movies together because he's there and he does a, such a great performance, acting wise, especially the story. Without him, the third one, do you think it's going to be that I'm still like just as good emotional complex at all, or do you trust Michael B. Jordan to write a good one? at all it seems in the trailer like like the, the oh i was in trailer at all oh, oh okay well the, the, trailer the trailers oh. the, the tones is very serious it's very serious and it's very okay. adonis is still fiery and like his new challenger is like seems very intimidating but he's still the same Rocky character hmm. okay. um what do you mean michael b jordan yeah he's, he's still he, the same well, character he's still he he's still older his kids firecracker yeah he is, but once again, he still has that personality, kind of like, kind of like, uh, kind of like Apollo Creed, where he, like it doesn't matter. He still has that ego kind of thing. It's still kind of built in. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. 
I probably won't even watch it. I think it'll be. I think he'll be a good character. You'll be a different person because I think again. I think Rocky. I think will be dead. So. No. I'm really happy we Kill did Rocky. this instead of Fast and Furious. I might have shot myself in the <laughs> face. <laughs> I would have. I would have been super happy about Tokyo Drift, and then I probably would have thrown myself off a cliff. I would have drank. Wait, Corey, are you a Fast and Furious fan? Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you checked Osito, cuz. <laughs> Forget about well, it, guess we're doing Fast and Furious next. I love seen those one of stupid them. fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You quantify it that Woo! that way, so it's okay. <laughs> Woo! Okay, any final thoughts on Creed 2 before we get to a wrap-up here? Waiting for Shane. Nope. That's how I feel about the movie, too. No. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for Shane because Shane always talks, so. Hey, hey, me, hey, me, hey, me, hey, me. That's what you sound like. <laughs> That's not how Shane sounds like. Corey, how does Shane sound like? <laughs> well, you know, Shane likes to make very well thought out points and end them with. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shane. I'm, like, I'm going to go to you first because you've been our punching bag all day today. Can you, Shane, wrap us up and tell us what your favorite and least favorite film in the Rocky film franchise is? Well, that you've seen. Ah! <laughs> 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 My favorite was probably Rocky 3. I thought it'd be 4, but I like 3. I think 3 does 4 better. Um, and my least favorite? It probably would have been Rocky 5 if I watched that one. Um, <laughs> uh, probably, I don't know. I like, I like them all pretty well. I didn't see Rocky five, so it's hard, but, uh, probably Rocky two. That's not saying it was bad. I just, out of all of them. Yeah. Rocky three is my favorite, even though it's not like the best movie. <laughs> yeah. Rocky three, number one, and then Rocky two, probably my least favorite. Excellent. I'll go next. I'm going to go then Dan and Corey. Uh, my favorite ones, um, it's hard because I don't think it's fair to talk about Cree without talking about rocking in and of himself. But of all the ones I really enjoyed rewatching this time was Creed. I was really into Creed. So I'm going my favorite's going to be Creed and the franchise. My least favorite, uh, the one that was just an absolute slog to get through was Rocky Five. It took so many tries to get through it. And I don't. I, I think Corey. I think you really changed my perspective on it. So maybe I have to go back and rewatch it. I like your point that like, there's so much, like, um, potential. So much wasted potential, um, in that <laughs> oh, film there. But, uh, but really, that was the. It also because I watched it almost last, and I think I'm just like I was an overdose of Rocky Balboa films. But uh, that was Rocky Five was hard to get through, so that's those are my favorite and least favorite. Dan, what do you think? Favorite, least favorite? Mm, favorite. I'm gonna piggyback off what I said earlier um, and reiterate. I think Balboa might be because I've seen Rocky One uh, plenty of times, but th this is my first time seeing Balboa in that kind of like, like oh okay, this is like a little good wrap up of what the Rocky um, quote unquote franchise should be. Um, so I'll say that's my favorite. And again, the, both creeds are still good, but the actual like Rocky name of that. And then probably five, for at least. <laughs> uh, uh, for 
watch. I had five. I was out watch four. Four is watchable. Five I probably won't watch. Really, <laughs> I'd rather watch Tommy uh Tommy Morrison highlights. So, Corey. Our esteemed guests, thank you for your time today, all your prep work and kind of <laughs> changing our perspective on a lot of these Rocky films. You want to tell us more about you, your podcast, and tell us your favorite and least favorite in the Rocky franchise. Oh, okay. So I can plug here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I love Wasted Potential. I am a fan of this podcast, so I appreciate <laughs> you guys having me on. You know, I really enjoy it. I do listen to your guys' stuff. I really like what you guys do with these long-form pods, especially about multiple movies. I am a member of a podcast called Spoilers, Spoilers! Exclamation Points, where we talk about all kinds of movies, new and old. I also run my own podcast separate from Spoilers, and this is really my baby, and that's Big Dumb Movie. Big Dumb Movie, Shane and Ronnie have been on. I'm going to have the ferret fucker on at some point, too. <laughs> That's your worst Sorry, enemy there, man. That's your, uh, oof. Danny's, on that one. Danny's like, you know the ferret fucker? <laughs> <laughs> I tried to catch him for years. <laughs> <laughs> Big Dumb Movie, we talk about exactly what you think. We talk about your Terminator movies, your Mortal Kombat movies. Your 90s random as fuck movies like Heavyweights. So, you know, that's really my thing is Big Dumb Movie. That's the one I host. I edit and I have a lot of guests on. It's me and whatever guests are willing to talk to me about a certain movie. So if you like this podcast, I think there's some good crossover, especially with the episodes you guys are on, namely Face Off featuring both Shane and Ronnie. Really fun Big Dumb Movie episode. And long as hell, like this one. <laughs> oh, God. Look at his face. Off. <laughs> Good luck editing this there, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah. So, Ronnie, okay, I have so... six and a half hours editing on mine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Corey, don't forget, tell us. Uh, well, I guess I'll give you your flowers as well. I don't listen to any movie podcasts regularly besides Big Dumb Movie because if you can't make me laugh, I don't care. And they make me laugh, and I also learn things about film, so check them out for sure. But, Corey, don't forget, tell us your favorite and least favorite film in the Rocky franchise. It's so funny, because the two movies that try to do the same exact thing of bring Rocky back to his roots, after there have been many Rocky movies with varying levels of, of absurdity, two of them try to do the same thing. And one of them is my favorite, and that's Rocky Balboa. He's back in Philly. He's living a basic life. He's your old school Rocky, not motivated or influenced by money. And that movie is my favorite Rocky movie, as I discussed. And of course, my least favorite movie is the one that's objectively the worst. And that's Rocky V, where they try to hit some similar beats and it falls on its fucking face. <laughs> Excellently put. Okay. Uh, Corey's, Corey, I have two things. So well, I'll say this, like... um. I, I'm, a, I'm also a big fan of uh, Spoils and also Big Dumb, big dumb Movie. Ooh, thank I, you. Yeah, I have two things. Uh, I, one thing I noticed for I, I listened through Spotify for your podcasts and for Big Dumb Movie, I know for your entire description, it's just a quote. Um, so I have two quotes for you uh, for your podcast. Um, if, you, <laughs> if you ever did an entire Rocky franchise, I'm just listening to for this entire six and a half hours. Number one is... <laughs> Put it's eighties as fuck. That's all I need to put. And the other quote is James Brown aggravates Drago. 
<laughs> that's all you do. That's all you do for if you ever do a, a Rocky <laughs> franchise for your description. I might have to plagiarize uh, Corey's style and put those in our, our top of our description. Yeah, the entire time I was thinking of what you could put for your description. That's what. So those the two came up with. So. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, James Brown. <laughs> let's wrap this up because it's almost four fucking hours already Power. thank you all if you're still here listening to this long-winded podcast of four people who uh, like to yell at each other like to argue but we love each other in our own ways if you enjoy what's going subscribe on spotify or apple subscribe on youtube uh follow us on instagram or twitter we shane dan and i like to argue on Twitter and stir the pot. So check us out there. There's our Twitter handles and whatnot are in the description. Thank you so much. Anything to add boys before we get out of here. Give us money. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on Corey. Always appreciate it. Yeah. Thank, yeah, thank you Corey. Appreciate it. Oh, hopefully we didn't talk too much over you. Yeah. So glad to be here. Okay. I love it. That's it. We're out of here. Shane, take us out with one of your amazing, um, which we'll call it, uh, rants, amazing rants or impressions. <laughs> I'm going to tell you son that you already know. All right. This podcast, no one listens to, but that doesn't matter. It's not about people listening to you. It's about talking until people listen to you. So you just keep talking. And you keep going and making more shit until you've made so much shit. That you eventually get canceled and, and open up a restaurant. <laughs> That's how ad revenue is done. That's how it's done. <laughs> you get bots to increase your numbers. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> <laughs>stereo for your podcast right um i do mono i don't care one way or the other okay yeah i guess you can oh. just split the track also did you say earlier that you want us to edit in the music stuff oh no no, no. i'll do all that as long as i know what your what your uh your walk-up music is i'll edit it in post okay got it all right okay en- enrique is iglesias you can run, you can hide, but you can't escape my love. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shane. Shane, how long have you been up for? <laughs> how long have I been up? Yeah. Since yesterday morning. <laughs> That's what I figured. That's what I figured. Rescuing people with heads stuck between pillows and blankets. Not even joking. Oh, are you smoking that shit again, Shane? It's <laughs> a real problem. This is a classy career. Um, I said it was dry January, not sober January, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, I'm going to do a little intro here, and then um, I'm going to intro myself because I'm the most important. Shane, because Shane. Danny, then, of course, our esteemed guest, Corey. Thanks. But you guys can't hear hear my dog in the background, right? I don't hear a dog. Okay, he's whining, just in case. Just, just, Just punch him. Uh, Tell him he doesn't need to be whiny. He's being a bum. He's got to work harder.
That's how winning is done. <laughs> <laughs> that is all I remember from that movie. I remember being boring as shit and then everyone making freaking motivational YouTubes out of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna my journey. <laughs> <laughs> my struggle or my journey? Yeah. Like yeah. My gym my, journey. My brain trauma. <laughs> this glass ain't half full. Never been half full. All I've done is had a glass by myself. Half full. Never half empty. I'm always half full. You're a bum. I just gotta say one thing. Yo, Adrian. Is that full? If the glass is half full, it's half full. Why don't you come over to my house? See how a real man has his glass. Half full. Second take. How about you come over to my apartment? See how a real man has his glass. Half full. I'm half empty, okay? Is that what you want to hear, Adrian? I'm half empty, okay? I'm trying to be half full, but I'm half empty. And you guys keep shit on my movies and my acting, and I want a goddamn Oscar. An Oscar, Adrian. <laughs> now let me tell you something that you already know. The world ain't always full. It ain't always empty. It's usually half full. It's very empty and very full. And I don't care how tough you are, it'll beat you until it's empty. And it will keep you permanently empty if you let it. You, me, nobody's going to be as empty as this glass. So you got to be half full. It ain't about how full you are. It's about how full you can get and keep it halfway. And keep going. Now get in there and do your shitty podcast with your shitty friends and your racist friend. That guy. The end. <laughs>